They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. started early yesterday. We do every week here on XL Primetime. But I'm glad because we're missing Joe C today, but the weekend, it has officially already begun. Mia O'Brien, Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, JJ LaSelva, we are with you right here on 1010XL, 92.5 FM until 3 p.m. on a beautiful Friday here in Duval County. Your Jacksonville Jaguars back on the practice field as we speak. One more opportunity for Trevor Lawrence to work out that ankle. Shake out the kinks. Miraculously, boys, and I say this in jest, after what looked to be, Leon, one of the most gruesome ankle injuries we'd seen at the bank in quite some time, he did indeed return on the third day. He was at practice yesterday. Doug Peterson telling reporters this morning that he anticipates Trevor Lawrence will be listed as questionable going against the Browns on Sunday and a game day decision. I'm going to Trevor gives uh, us the best opportunity to win the football game, without a doubt now. There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of stuff that factors in the weather, his ankles, his tolerance for pain, the treatment, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's got to be galvanizing as a team when you you see your your leader, the face of the franchise, kind of suck it up and go out there and practice and get himself ready to win the game. Because listen, every one of these games is, is a must win. I, I know that sounds a little cliche, but if we're going to stay on top of uh, the division and stay in hunt for the uh, the first seed in the AFC, we've got to win every game and. And having Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback gives us that opportunity to win every game. I'm shocked he's even even there's even a thought of him being available. Actually, just by what it looked like when he got injured. Um, you know, your point yesterday I think was a great point, man. He's never really been injured, and and when you have that injury, no matter how extreme it is, it's rare. It's a rare in your head. It's a rare feeling in your head. So you immediately you think, oh God, it's the worst. Um, maybe that's what it was, but wow, that's he like could barely walk. He literally had to have guys holding him. And you're playing what five, six days later. So it, it's wow. Well, you're practicing four days later, three days later. It's ridiculous. Well, well listen, I, I, I listen. I've, I've experienced something that Trevor has experienced that when when you get, you fall down an awkward way, and initially at, at at after the play or during the play, you're thinking the worst. And then when you get up and you move and maneuver, and you you get in front of the trainer. It actually isn't as bad as you think it is, and you get the treatment, and the swelling goes down. So I've had my ankle like twisted backward when I was in college in Miami, and initially I thought it's over. Yeah, but could you not like walk? I mean, yeah, I had to be. You know, first of all, you, you I, I wasn't gonna have nobody carry me off the field. Well, that's what he was. Same thing. I, I, I know. Yeah, so I had to toughen it up and get to the sideline, and I just thought the worst. But when the trainers actually took me into the training room and they kind of saw the swelling and everything, I kind of overreacted. Because it wasn't as bad as, and I'm not saying trade, but overreacted. But I initially was able to get, you know, harness the pain, get the treatment, get the swelling down, and the next week I played in the game. And well, the other, yeah, he, even he said, even oh, he yeah. said, by the time he got to the entrance to the locker room, he was like, "I'm not going to make this. I, I probably should use a card." Yes. So he, it's not like he's he was injured. There's no doubt about it. No, he admitted. He said, "No, no, I'll be good. I'll, I'll go through the hallway." And then he got in the hallway and looked at how far away the locker room and the x-ray room were and went, oh, boy, that, that, that's quite a long walk. Of course, part of the long walk, I would think, and I've never had this experience, Leon, but when you have 
two gentlemen who you have your arms wrapped around, that's mm-hmm. also some form of exertion, is it not? Like, I know they're supposed to help alleviate the pain and the pressure that you're putting on your foot, but instead you're focused on, especially when they're probably not as proportionate to a six-foot-six yeah. frame, there's also some strenuous activity in that, and you have to walk so slowly. Yeah, you have to walk, you know, you have to walk gingerly. And listen, I... As a football player, you, you don't want to be in those predictable moments where, you know, you're having someone have to carry you to some place. But at that particular time, the pain supersedes any anything else. And I'm sure Trevor saw that long-ass walk and was like, hey, I need some help or whatever and get me there as soon as possible. I'm telling you, I, I've been in those situations. So, hey, listen, the, the fact that this kid um, is, is going to possibly is questionable to play in this game on Sunday, I mean – it's all about how his threshold of pain, how much can he endure, and how well he can be protected and how well the offense can maneuver and get him in positions where he's not at risk because you're going up against a Cleveland Brown team that gets after it pretty well. And the other side of that coin is that Doug Peterson also said that Walker Little likely out with the hamstring injury. He mm-hmm. did not practice yesterday. He did not practice Wednesday. I did see him in the locker room Wednesday, which was an encouraging sign. No sign of him yesterday. Ezra Cleveland is expected to be the left guard again, but he did take some snaps at left tackle yesterday, in addition to Blake Hans, who would assumingly be your starter because that is who came in when Walker went down on Monday night. Mm-hmm. So there's questions along the offensive line. You couple that with Bretton Strange, who suffered the foot injury last Friday a week ago today. He had a boot on yesterday in the locker room. Doug Peterson said he is also likely out. So now you're looking at a scenario where you're bringing Josh Peterson up from the practice squad to be your third tight end. Luke Farrell is already banged up with a toe injury, but was able to give it a go on Monday, expected to give it a go again this Sunday. And the attrition is there. And so that is then my question. Can you in good faith say Trevor may be healthy, but the pieces around him are not? And so do we want to risk Trevor because of everything else going around in the operation? Uh, You know, if if you still... Okay, here's the thing. If there's no holding call on Anton Harrison, you win that game. Correct. Then you can you can waste this game. You can just say, all right, let's Bingo. just play CJ, and hopefully we can win it, and you move forward. Uh, but at this point, I don't know that you can say, all right, well, this is, you know, we we'll just have to deal with what we're dealing with here and, and hope we win. we we'll throw CJ in there and hope we win. It may, be the, it may be the choice anyway at this point. We don't know. But, yeah, there's no wiggle room right now. I mean, you, I mean the Colts are 7-5. and five. And I know you've beaten them twice, so you've got that advantage on them. So you basically have a two-game lead on them. But they're seven and five, and they're playing really well with Minshew. So I, I just and the I Texans just are know. seven and five. Yeah, I, I it's I look at that and I think okay, there's a lot more meat on this bone over the next five game five weeks five games where you literally have to win, and it's not you can't just like give up a game because guess what happened last year? The Titans had to lose and you had to win out, and look what happened. So don't think it can't happen. That's all I'm saying. It absolutely can happen. Other updates from Doug Peterson's press conference this morning. Tyson Campbell still nursing that quad injury will be a game day decision. Again, he was coming off the hamstring injury, then suffered a quad injury during overtime of Monday night's loss to Cincinnati. And so he will be a game day decision. He was in the locker room yesterday, so that was encouraging. I spoke with all the other players that you've seen on the injury report throughout the course of this week. C.J. Beathard has continued to emphasize to us that He's going to be okay. If they need him to go, he's ready to go. I was told by a source that he took all the first-team reps yesterday in team drills. You obviously saw Trevor on social media, on video, in warm-ups, throwing with with the receivers. But when it came to team drills, C.J. Beathard did get all the ones. 
Andre Cisco with the shoulder injury. I spoke with him at length yesterday. You could catch that interview on our 1010XL YouTube channels. And he said, this is the nature of week 14 in the NFL. Look at the Browns injury report. Their injury report is just as much of a laundry list as the Jags. Go to any team in the National Football League. It's late in the year, yeah. It's late in the year. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. And I think it gives you an appreciation for how fortunate the Jaguars have been. And it's a credit to Jeff Ferguson and the training staff because this was not an issue last year. And for what it's worth, it really wasn't an issue the year before either. This is the first time in a long time that the Jaguars have had to say, hey, can he go? Can he not go? Is he banged up? Is he hurt or is he injured? There's a difference. Is there not, Leon? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 this is where the, the Jaguars, you, you make the determination if you did a good job as far as depth goes because all the guys that are behind behind your starters and they have to, have to step up into these roles – I mean, how well are they developed? How well are they uh, in tune to what you're doing offensively and defensively? And this is a, this is a tribute to not only the GM but the coaching staff to get these guys ready because you go you go these 17 games in the NFL season, you're never going to go with the same roster all throughout. If you are, you're very blessed. It's rare, oh, yeah. it's rare air that you go the the whole season and have your same starters on offense and defense. So that's why it's very important for those guys in those backup roles to be attentive to what's going on as far as the game plan goes, as far as the practice goes, because you never know when your hand will be dealt and you have to play it. See, here's the problem I look at it when I see this game. The last time he came back, Trevor came back from injury, it was against the Saints. It was a controlled environment. It's in a dome. Like, and you had your, your line was healthy. You had an idea of what was going on. Now you have uncertainty on the offensive line. They're expecting rain. It's going to be cold. This is not a controlled environment. No. But I, but it's like I said earlier. If he can go, he's got to go, and if he can't, then you just got to hope CJ Beathard plays well. Either way, and this is what I said at the crosstalk earlier. I want to see them fight, man. I'm tired of the up and down and up and down. They play good one week, they play bad the next week. They play good for two weeks, they play bad the next week. Go out there and fight from the first snap. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Now you, you now you're absolutely right. He's not fight, in the control. Bro. He, I mean, like, absolutely, fight. he's not in the controlled environment. But I say this as an offensive lineman. That when you play in the weather, when it's like cold and rainy, the advantage is yours. I was just going to say, who has the advantage? Absolutely, the offensive line is advantage is yours because the get off and the starts, as far as the defensive ends getting them, is to your advantage. Now, why? Explain it. Just, be, just if you if you set properly, because it, because I know up there in Cleveland, there's grass and there's going to be mud and there's right. going to be dirt and all that other kind of stuff. So if you if your sets and your angles are properly, you know, the get off for that defensive end may not be as fluent as it would if they had a dry surface. So I'm saying. As an offensive line unit, you can play it to your advantage. You want a sloppy game, to be quite honest with you. You want defense because defensive ends can't get up with that rush like they normally get. It just depends on the, it also the, ter allows the you terrain, to fight, right? Yes, it allows yeah, you to get nasty, get dirty. I mean, yeah. I've yet to see this team get dirty offensively. I mean, yeah. so offensively, this is, uh, offensively, I've yet to see this get dirty. I mean, you can muck this game up and make it a make it a. Uh, a run, nine game or yeah, something. make it yeah. muck it up and make it a, a dirty game, a run, or a run happy, a run heavy game, right? And, and and not put it in the quarterback's hand as much. But I've yet to see this offensive line actually get mucked up and dirty. So that also be... requires you to run the ball. Yes, and you got to run the ball. We know this Tra kind of Travis Etienne has been banged up. Dearness Johnson is also on the injury report with mm -hmm. a knee injury, even if it's limited. So he's not 100% healthy, although, like we just said, I don't think anybody is at this current juncture of a season. Mm -hmm. But we, we've talked about it all week, Leon. Like, Travis Etienne is going to give it all he has, but you cannot deny that you are seeing, if only against the Texans on that one-yard line, because of the rib injury, the way he twisted. Is he not contorting his body differently 
because of the injury and not hitting the holes as soundly as he was previously. He he may be, and and I think I noticed it more. I can't remember if it was last week. No, I, it was actually against the game against the Texans, where that one where he uh, contorted where he he should have broke it. Remember that one where he should have broke yeah. it in between. I I don't know if he had the issue with his ribs then or whatever. He did, but he did mm-hmm. right because I mean he turned and he and he stiffed the arm. But if 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 I know ATN because I've seen this kid because he's ruined my University of Miami days when he was in college for at least three years. I know that I've seen him hit that hole like that and take it take it for sixty or seventy yards. So it just seems a little. It was just a little different in his wiggle and his you know hitting the holes. It's, I mean, but the ribs. Talk about that. Like I don't know if you've ever had a rib injury, mm. but I've had a rib injury and like I'm not even an athlete. And you, if you move, it hurts. Yeah, but if you cough, you if you if you turn if you turn, I've never I've had a strain. I'm near the ribs, right. but I've never had a rib injury, whatever. Yeah, it's hard to sleep, laugh, cough, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, you feel it. You're an athlete, Matt. Stop it. I know, it's true. <laughs> still, still, to the point, though, is he's also running into a line of scrimmage where you've got 6'6", 320-pound dudes hitting true, him. True, true. And he's got a linebacker coming downhill hitting him. Mm-hmm. And he's got a rib injury. Mm-hmm. What, what do they call it? A what injury? Rib for Travis? Rib, yeah. yeah, it's a rib. So it's yeah, a rib, I fe- right. they called it a chest, and then I went to him, and he was like, no, it's my ribs. That's, mm. I mean, that's not easy, man. Yeah. Like, you're going to need Dearness Johnson in this game. You might even need, and I hate to say this, and everybody hold your breath, you might even need Tank Bigsby in this game. Yeah. Honestly, that yeah. when Leon describes mucking it up, yeah. short yard situations, Two and three tight ball, ends, and yeah. yeah is bro, that not I'll, why you drafted Tank? Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of game I, I would play, listen, Let's say let's say Trevor doesn't play. Let's say we go with CJ Petter. I'm going two tight end set, and I'm just max protect, I'm, max protection, and all I'm doing is I'm running the ball, play action, running the ball, play action. Yep, that, that, that's that's the deal. Because if if you got cold, you got you got cold, you got rain, you got dirt, you got mud. I mean, you're not gonna have a, you, you're not gonna light up the scoreboard in that kind of weather. You just gotta you just gotta toughen it up. And then Zay and really gotta win on the outside. Gotta win, they absolutely. Have to. Mm-hmm. Some other injury updates for the Jags. Uh, Foley Fadukasi, the contusion to his heel. He was he did practice the last two days, albeit limited. I talked to him both days. He's feeling good. He's upbeat. If anything, he's kind of been the guy who's been going around the locker room saying defense, like we're gonna fight through whatever nagging injuries. We're we're gonna we're gonna play. We're gonna play hard. I do want to also play a little bit later in the program, Leon. To your point about toughing it out. I asked Josh Allen earlier this week about what he felt was missing defensively, what was the biggest overarching theme? What was missing against the Bengals on Monday Night Football? And he did say it was physicality. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to get to that because I, I do think that that kind of ties into this whole, they're banged up, can they still be physical? I think it kind of ties into that. One more, of course, is Trey Herndon, um, a guy who was so maligned in the offseason, but he gets a concussion, goes into the protocol, four plays into the game on Monday night, and from that moment forth, this defense looked disorganized. And so – Greg Jr. expected to give it a go at the nickel position. Christian Braswell was activated, or excuse me, his 21-day window was opened yesterday. Don't think he'll be able to give it a go against the Browns, but they would have Greg Jr. starting if Trey Herndon does not exit the concussion protocol. And then Antonio Johnson would also fill in here and there. Spoke with Rayshon Jenkins yesterday. He said he has the utmost confidence in those two players. But is it not wild to think, Matt Hayes? For all we talked about in the offseason about the nickel being a position of need and concern. He stepped up, man. He's played well. He was the third best corner so all along. So let me, let me ask you this. Does the, does the NFLs, and I know it's different in college, does the, does the concussion protocol, can he go all the way to 
Sunday, 11 a.m. for kick? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Interesting. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is sort of expected, and we were just talking about the Jags injuries, but it's official now. Christian Kirk has been placed on the injured reserve list due to his core injury out a minimum of four weeks. All right. So... Now the question is, and we'll do a little bit of digging ourselves back here at 1010XL headquarters of if he is having surgery, which we know he went, according to Ian Rappaport, to visit with the doctor that performed the core muscle surgery on Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that kept him out seven weeks, or will he be opting to rehab it? So we'll we'll hopefully be able to have some more clarification on that in the days and weeks to follow. Um, but obviously the best to Christian Kirk. And now, as I said to Evan Ingram yesterday in the locker room, they have a Kirk-sized hole that they got to fill. And while certainly, you know, and I said this on Kay Adams' show this morning, like it would be easy to say Parker Washington filled in admirably and he's going to do the same thing this upcoming Sunday. But the reality is, is they need to get more production out of Calvin Ridley. And even if he's banged up, they need to get more out of Zay Jones. That's, well, and, you, I mean, you can't expect him to play as well as he did last week. It'd be great if he did, but that's, I mean, look, he's a talented guy. He was a talented receiver coming out of Penn State. He could do a lot of different things. That's why they picked him. I have no idea why he lasted as late as he, late as he did at Penn, in, the, in the NFL draft. Um, but he clearly showed he's got ability in that game, did he not? He oh. clearly showed he's a guy that not only can make difficult catches, but that can do a little bit after the catch as well, yards after the catch. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, he's not going to make up for Christian Kirk, but you want him to be, you know, reliable. And in that game against the Cincinnati Bengals, he was a reliable wide receiver. He scored the touchdown, which should have been an interception, but he did score a touchdown. All you can, all you can ask for this kid right now, and this, in the weeks moving forward, is just, just be reliable for this team. Just be catch the ball when it comes to you. That's all you can ask for. Take care of the ball. That's it. Take Catch care of the, the ball. ball. Catch the ball. Take care of the ball. And don't forget, he's got to return kicks and punts for at least another week because yeah. Jamal Agnew is still on the reserve injured list mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. My my point when I was looking at, okay, how do you, you know, schematically, how do you make up for Christian Kirk's production? Evan Ingram is up to 73 catches already. Mm-hmm. We are 13, 12 weeks, 13, 12 weeks, 12 games into the NFL season. He has 73 catches already, which eclipses his mark from last year. And I understand last year it took them a little bit of time to kind of find rhythm and how do you implement him into the offense. And it really actually was this week, last year against the Tennessee Titans, that he exploded. And it was, oh, the light bulb went off of how we can incorporate him. I'm just not sure you can ask him to do any more than he already is. Mm-hmm. Like, you're is gonna it have to? Yeah, is it physically possible? I mean, he will go over 100 catches so long as knock on wood, he stays healthy. He will go over 100 catches. He may have to have over a thousand receiving I, yards. The first tight end Doug Peterson's had do that since Zach Ertz. So I think what you're doing with him now, it's no longer it's no longer his. He's doing first level throws, the, the, the quick outs, the slants, the curls. He's now got to start doing intermediate stuff. They got to start running seam stuff for him. He's got to get down the field. Um, they got to throw him the ball down the field because he is a matchup problem. And and I think you're going to see that now. Now with Christian Kirk out, I think you're going to see that more where he's. He's going to be more of a scene guy now, and I think he can play. I think he can do it. And, and you need to get him more more involved in the red zone as well. I mean, he needs more touchdowns. 
I mean, if nothing else. I mean, what did, how many touchdowns? Hey, he's got one, one touchdown just all got season. Last just got it last week. Jumped in the stands. He was exactly. So he was. He it really have. stinks that they lost that game because otherwise that would have been such a storyline. And I was asking people on X, I was like, hey, what are we going to call this, like, leap into the stands? Because I, I think other players could do it too. No offense, Lambo. Like, you're great. But mm-hmm. I, I could see it becoming a thing because it was epic. The yeah. jump that Evan Ingram had into the stands. Yeah, well, we need to see a lot more of that. He needs more touches, especially in the red zones. In the touchdown, he, he needs to score more touchdowns. But yeah, he's going to have to. I mean, like you say, he's a matchup problem. Whoever he goes up against, linebacker, safeties, corners, whatever. I mean, you can motion him, put him in the slot, whatever you need to do to create those mismatches. And now he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be a viable problem for any defense he goes up against. Six four one ten ten, the number to reach us at on the text line. Designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We do see you, Gator fans, with. Your concerns, your questions for Matt. We're going to dive headfirst into that a little bit later in the program. Maybe a world's smallest violin, JJ. Is that appropriate here? Um, But I do want to also circle back in the NFL. Thank you, JJ. Um, To something that I may have predicted yesterday, and I hate that I did, which is the annual Lamar Jackson, not injury, but sick bug. I think we need to, as much as we want scientists to study Trevor Lawrence's body and how he is able to respond to significant injury, we need to have scientists study this man's immune system because I am not sure how or why. Every December, on the clock, a bug gets into the Ravens football facility and Lamar Jackson is missing practice due to illness. And look, it happens to all of us. It's that time of the year. But it's like clockwork, is it not? I said it yesterday, and here we are. He's missing practice. And, again, don't forget, the have Jaguars you, face him in a week and a half. Have you ever missed a practice because of a bug? Because of a bug? A stomach bug. A stomach or bug. illness. No, no. Hey, cold. No, never. Of course not. I mean, no. come on. I mean, This is on. Lamar not wanting to practice is what this is. It has to be, absolutely. Because he practiced Wednesday, and then yeah. he suddenly isn't practicing Thursday due to illness. He's got a bug, bro. Yeah. He's, got, He's an elite athlete. He's 28, 29. He's got a bug. Yeah, I'm sure it is. (laughs) Rashad Bateman had the bug Mm. on Wednesday. And I I heard from a Ravens reporter this morning that, you know, that the bug is about to go around the locker room. The the bug has some ice cubes and brown water in it. I'm pretty sure. Right. (laughs) Not only that, even if you have a bug, I remember a certain running back of Florida with a bug still kept running that Birmingham Bowl. Mm. Got about 200 yards. Wasn't pretty in the white, you know, jerseys, but Mm. he didn't care. Yeah. How about Michael Jordan? I mean, look, there, there's there's a reason there's such thing as the flu game. But, hey, I understand. You know, we got to take care of our bodies. It's that time of the year. It's a little bit colder. True. Up there in Baltimore than here. A little nippier, you know, the, the wind chill, all yeah. that stuff. Maybe it's a factor, but it – If you're the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, uh, forget about a bug. Yeah. Just go play. Well, they play L.A. this weekend, too. Um, I think they're – Home, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, J.J. I believe they're at home. The Ravens are at home. They are seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Rams. Right. So they will have to pl- They will have to fight the elements as well. So it's not like he's going to be playing indoors. So uh, maybe maybe he just has to put on an extra layer of clothes. I just go back to remember when he had, like, COVID three times right, just <laughs> in, like, a year. <laughs> I was just like, how? This poor man's immune system is just. He's a South Florida guy. Yeah, he, is. he is. I mean, there's no doubt he is. But, you know, at some Palm point Beach. you got you have to like embrace layers, do you not? Uh, yes. Living up there. Yes, your blood has thinned out. His blood has thinned out because he's from here. I mean, I don't think playing in Louisville. I mean, I know it gets a little bit colder up there in Kentucky, but not not to the extent of Baltimore, mm-hmm. I guess. So obviously, it's a situation we'll be monitoring, just like the Jaguars and the Browns injury reports with the Jaguars and the Browns set to kick off 1 p.m. 
Sunday in Cleveland. I didn't even ask for this on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, but y'all are sounding off. I'm telling you, this is what was most disappointing to me about the Jaguars' loss. Not only, you know, losing the number one seed or at least that ability to control your own destiny with regards to it, I wanted to ask Evan Ingram about the jump. Well, here we go. More suggestions for what we should call the Jaguars' touchdown celebration, jumping into the stands in the south end zone. The Jayville jump, the Jaguar jump, the Duval dive, a lot of Jacksonville jump. Keep them coming. We're enjoying it. This is XL Primetime on a beautiful Monday in Duval County. Mia O'Brien, Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, Joe Cowart has the day off. J.J. LaSelva with us as well. We have some special Army-Navy guests coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. And, yes, we will dive into the situation ongoing in Gainesville. This is XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. All right, we're back on 1010XL. It's, of course, XL Primetime. Matt Hayes, Mio O'Brien, Leon Cersei, and JJ spinning a little crew. And there's a reason we're spinning the crew, JJ. Is that correct? Absolutely, because they will be at Welcome to Rockville this year. And I just looked at the lineup. It's ridiculous. It is. Basically, really any rock band of the last 30, 40 years will be there. The Foo um, Fighters are going to be there, right? Yeah. I have a pair of general admission four-day passes right now to Welcome to Rockville. That's May the 9th through the 12th. Tickets available now at welcometorockville.com or be car number four and five right now. I have two pairs I'm giving away right now. And Six, four, one, ten, ten. You know what's interesting about that? So I, I looked on that website because, I mean, it's a great event, but I'm, I may be like, you know, how, how can I say this? I don't want to sit in a mosh pit and watch someone. Right? You're so I'm too thinking, old for that. Is that? Yeah. What you're let's saying? just say, let's just say that I'm too old for that. Um. So I so I looked at what it would cost to like sit in the in the like boxes, a VIP in the boxes. Yeah. 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 It's like the, it's a box that oversees the track. Guess how much they want for a ticket seat? Sit in a box and watch that concert for a full day. Tell me. You can watch all of them. Thirty-seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably with like. Yeah, you got it. Come on. Uh, yeah. Stop yeah, it's food and drink and everything. No, yeah, it's you always... probably get it with like. You Ten do. people. It's no, 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 no. It's what? Free, it's free parking. It's free food. It's free drinks. Well, parking alone is um, going to cost you about fifty bucks. It's, it's everything, and you get okay, access. So you get access to all the. Three, I'm doing the math in 3, my head. Three thousand minus. 50. It's like access, like in the stage, they have like little areas where you get special access on each of the main stages, so you can see like. Foo Fighters up close or Molly Crow up close, or you could sit in the. Well, you can nice like feel Primus sweet. sweat well, and, on you. Well, well, how many does the box seat? I mean, I, I mean, because that's can, what you, I'm saying. Yeah, it's you can go in with ten people. You, you good, dude. bro? If you got thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars, you can sure. Yeah, thirty-seven hundred. Thirty-seven hundred, bro. Right, but if you have ten, it's per ticket. Yeah, it's three hundred dollars. You go in there with ten. It's nothing. No. No, it's per ticket, oh, $3,700. Oh, oh yes. What did you guys think I was saying? I, I, I paid $370 you said for, for that. Box, which yeah. is like, you know, for multiple people. No, no. So you said. Per person. So you get a cubicle for $3,700 to watch the concert? You get to get into the box and eat whatever you want, drink yeah. whatever you want. You get like special access to the, to the main stages and stuff like that. Oh, man, you got it. You oh, get parking stop. and. Stop crying broke, man. You got money. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of guys that got money, great Speaking segue. of guys great that got segue, paid, yeah, yeah, that was tremendous, so Leon. We, we missed this yesterday. Let's talk about it today. John Rom, who was not as vocal as Roars, not as vocal about the PGA Tour and being loyal, and he just took the bag. 
from Liv. Estimated, reported, however you want to say it, $600 million. A $600 million contract for John Rahm. Um, Leon, what about loyalty in the PGA Tour? Or is loyalty out the window when someone starts throwing more than half a bill at you? Well, I mean, that's that, that's that oil money, bro. You, you can't deny that, bro. You got to take it. I mean, what is he, the second best player in the world? Yes. Maybe, maybe the best. Maybe the best player in the, the world. Best. Arguably yeah. the best player in the world. I mean, you're going to still see him on tour, aren't you? I mean, he's not going to be missed. Not only that, he, he still well, has I mean, access to the majors. Yeah, I mean, he still has access to the majors. What he's got to do, 12 tournaments over there for 600 you tell You tell me this right now, Matt Hayes. You're on the radio. They say, hey, Matt Hayes, 12 appearances, $600 million. What do you do? Hell yeah. Okay. You tell no, I'm, I'm not. I think he should have done. Okay. I think he should have done it last year. I think Rory should have done it last year. Yeah, he's not going to be penalized in any capacity with the PGA Tour, right? Still going to make the appearance. He's still well, one of the best in the won, world. The fact that he won the Masters gives him access to all the majors. There it is. So he doesn't doesn't matter what they say. Mm-hmm. He could care less what they say. At this well, point. obviously, like he could care less if he signed. He's going to sign a deal. Well, has he signed a deal? Has he well, signed a deal? He has. Allegedly, he signed. Allegedly, he has. He has. So, I mean, I he, mean went, it, he went and did a bunch well, of interviews last night. The only negative is no players. That's the only negative. Oh, he's going to miss the players? Unless they allow him to play, which I doubt they will. Mm. But well, I, I thought the two were merging, so they, they well, shouldn't be. Correct. They're, not, they're not there yet. Oh, they're not. Oh, okay. And that's right. what I kind of. That's kinda, the goal, but yeah. they're not there yet. Oh, okay. I kind of interpret this, and I know JJ's speaking with our winner um, to, for those Welcome to Rockville tickets, but when he gets off, he's much more well-versed in this than I am. Basically, in my assessment, this is Liv saying, okay, you think we're just going to agree even if by December 31st which is apparently this hypothetical deadline for the two entities to rem- to merge even if we don't have a deal then that we're just going to keep playing and you know we'll just keep going along with you uh-uh we're still going to run our own thing until otherwise noted and so this mm. is them flexing their muscles and saying don't think we're just going to lie down and go along with whatever the tour wants although at this point in time I would argue that they're carrying the purse strings as opposed to the PGA Tour that's who where all this money is coming from, is it not? Yeah. 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 So yeah, if anything, Liv, Liv is dictating it, and they're saying, if you guys are going to drag your feet to the negotiation table, we're just going to keep poaching your players. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I clearly w- what's going on right now is they have the money, and they're going after the big names. Allegedly, again, allegedly, they offered Tiger a billion, a billion dollars to play on the tour. And, I mean, he said no, all right? Rory has said no. But at what point, if you are a player right now and you you, you keep seeing this money that people are making and, and the tours continue to ask you about or continue to stress loyalty, well, how loyal are they? They're, they're now negotiating with Liv to have, like, a dual tour or have players go back and forth in between. So they're taking the money, too. So how, if, if you're John Rahm or you're Rory McIlroy or whoever, why would you not take that money? And well, right now, go ahead, Leon. Sorry. No, I was no, I was going to ask. I mean, I mean, at what point does legacy matter? Because we know why T- Tiger said no to it. Because, I mean, it, it, well, would his legacy be in in, in it li- exactly? I'm saying, but well, that's what I was about to get to. Mm-hmm. So, there was a lot of thinking. Hey, if I, before it was rumored that. PGA was going to get bought out by the Saudis, which that's what's happening. I don't want to ever hear the word merger used. I know the media loves that, acting like the PGA is like, hey, we're also just as equal, right? No, it's not. Uh, basically, Saudis coming in, they're buying them. And I think John Rom probably sees that, hey, eventually when this gets done, 
they're going to be all working together. You know, probably players are going to go from live to the PGA Tour and vice versa. You know, maybe switch, play for a couple years on one tour and go to the other one. But he also sees that there's no way the majors can keep all these guys out. You know, he also knows that the Euro Ryder Cup team kept all of the live guys off, but he knows there's no way they'll keep me off. You know, I am the second best golfer in the world. I'm by far the best European golfer. They have to have me on the team. So that's over with. So he sort of sees that the parties are coming together. It's really not going to hurt my legacy because in the future, I'll be able to play on all the majors. I'll be able to play on the Ryder Cup team. Maybe I'll go back to the PGA Tour and I'll get $500 million. There's nothing to lose. That's what I'm saying. Like million. back in the day, <laughs> allegedly, it was like 400 to 600, whatever the hell that means. There's a, a lot of space in between there. But um, back in the day when guys like DJ and, um, you know, Kepka and even when Cam Smith went there, it was like very, oof, maybe he won't be allowed to play in the majors anymore. Or, you know, like people are worried about the world golf. I think the world golf points and everything like that now, that's done. Like, I think these majors are just going to have to start give, giving the like live golf a few places in each major. Like maybe the top two finishers of last year and live golf get to go to all the majors. Something like that's going to have to happen. And it sucks for us here in Jacksonville because we don't have Brooks. Now we don't have Rom. We don't have DJ. We don't have Cam no. Smith. Like this used to be the tournament where they would say the best golfers, best field in golf. Yeah. Field in golf. That's not even close to true anymore. No. JJ, do you know as far as a deadline? I know we're not going to use the word merger, but well, I know that they're definitely doing these two seasons. Like Live Golf's. And PGA are having separate seasons this year. That just is what it is. Are, but yeah. I know when I don't know anything about business, but I know that when one bazillionaire company, the PIF, you can call it a company, it's really a country, is buying another multi-billion dollar company, it doesn't get done in a couple weeks. Right. So I'm not surprised that this has gone months. And you know, this there's a lot of stuff has to be a lot of T's crossed and I's dotted, as they say. And a lot of checks. Written out and cashed yeah. for John Rahm in the interim because it, it, you can't just sit around and wait for those negotiations to come to fruition if you have an a, a opportunity to cash in and not suffer repercussions exactly. down the line. Well, I mean, you'd be crazy J not to do it. Well, JJ, let me ask you this where is the appeal and where is, I mean, because I understand when it comes to college football, it's about the eyes and the advertisement and the money, the reason why they're able to grasp that kind of money. How, I didn't think this is, isn't is a live business model, bro. This is strictly a a state sponsored like money, just throwing money at something to try to like make their image better and, and to eventually maybe down the line we can turn this into a money making thing. But right now they know that it's just a, a huge money, you know, it's pit. washing. Yeah, to, it's exactly what it is. They don't care about making money. So they're just throwing mm. – dude, they're buying soccer clubs. That Every single major pay-per-view fight is in Saudi now. Like, it's not in Vegas anymore. It legitimizes every, it. Every WWE mm -hmm. big event – or not every, but a lot of them now are in Saudi. Like, it's – they have F1 races. They're, they're right. just and trying to make themselves – Legitimate. Seem like a Western yes. country. In their heads, they're trying to legitimize themselves is what they're doing. But it's sort of working. It's sort right. of. But the reality is still the reality. It's a 
you know, it's not yeah, a good it's place. Not, it's, they, not a good place. it's not a great place to live for a lot of people. Yes. Especially if you're a woman. It's not a good place to be, right? Um, yeah, it's, or, or for a man for that matter. Um, yeah, it's, uh, look, at some point, especially if you're the players and, and you continue to say the best field in golf, you know, do you, do you break away? From, no, that's from, the PGA's number I know one event. I know it is. I know it is. But at some point, do you say, look, this event's different? This, well, is, I, this I, is like the majors. That's what I think might happen when they do merge, quote unquote, is that I think players are willy nilly going to be able to go from event to event. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm talking out of the side of my mouth, but uh, right, I, I, don't, I don't think any of us know I'm what it is. I'm assuming that's going right. to happen. I thought this was going to end up in a world in which the two seasons could coincide simultaneously, and you would have yeah, like run yeah, parallel that's the, to that's each the goal. other. Right. That then in the fall you would have the team events, which would be live, and then you would have the normal quote unquote PGA Tour season. The it individual. was. I thought it was supposed to be like that. That's like, what I thought too. If you were old enough to remember IROC racing, yep, it was mm-hmm. like the all stars of NASCAR. If I if I'm getting that right, right they Matt, have to figure right? out the money part of it. I'm That's just saying that right ran during the NASCAR season. Right. It didn't get in the way, and right. like so, NASCAR still had events, and these guys were in them, but they were also in IROC races as well. Yeah, I'm, was I'm sure it was also tracks. a NASCAR thing. Yeah, but. it was. It was at specific tracks, and it usually occurred either on Saturday. Right. Or Friday I thought before. this that's what Liv's original idea was to be like, hey, we're not going to try to totally get in the way of these PGA events, but we want the best PGA golfers to come and play in some no-cut all-star events. But it's turned into something else. But we'll see. I'm very interested to see if the – I really hope this isn't – last year wasn't the last time we get to see John Rahm in person at the players. I'd be pretty pissed about that. No, and that's the whole thing. That's the problem. We need Cam back. We need Kepka back. back. We need yes. Rahm back. We need DJ back. We need these guys. The faces of the tour. Yeah. You need the faces of the tour. That's, Some that's of my why favorite I'm saying, golfers. Of the sport. That's why I'm saying – I don't know. Look, I don't know what the players is going to do, okay? My guess is, like you, JJ, that they stick with what it is, and you know, you know, if you're in, if you're in live, you're not, you're not playing in our tournament. But man, I don't know how you just ignore those guys. I don't know how you do that. It it's all gonna change. I think when when things get worked out, I think it's all gonna change. Right, but you're but you're gonna have to sacrifice at least one year, at least. One oh yeah, tournament. this year's gonna it's gonna suck that Rom won't be there for sure. I will. Just direct Matt Hayes to the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures and uh, the latest from our good friend DJ Dell. Um, and I will just leave it at that because. Uh, oh, you can't I, do that to the listeners. <laughs> Even Sean McDermott's coaching was influenced by the Saudis. Oh, no. Yeah, what a crazy story that became. I know. Yesterday. So that's the reason I wanted to kind of put it out there. Um, we did talk in the pre show meeting, in case you missed it. Uh, our good friend Ty Dunn did a tremendous three part expose on Sean McDermott, the situation in Buffalo, who, by the way, are coming off their bye. And I told JJ my hot take for the remaining five weeks of the NFL season, I think the Bills are on the table. I think they're going to come in fired up. I think that this sort of off-field controversy was actually just what they needed. And if they can stay healthy, which I know they haven't been able to the first 12 weeks of the season, I see a world in which they sneak in and get that seventh seed in the AFC especially with the performance the Pittsburgh Steelers put on last night, which we haven't even gotten to that oh, yet, that boys. Thursday night football, I was very worried about that 30 over under. I was afraid Al Michaels would be asleep by the second quarter. But by golly, Bailey Zappi came to play, Leon, Matt Hayes. Surprised? What does this mean for McCorkle? <laughs> Did you watch that? What does this mean for Bill Belichick? Did you watch that game? Uh, I, I watched a little bit of it. I watched oh at least a half God. of it. I'm surprised about that there. 
the entourage of scoring that went on because both of these teams struggled offensively. But what Zappa? Zappy. Zappy. Frank Zappy? Zappa. Zappa. <laughs> yeah, Frank Zappa. Yeah. First no, of, but first off, how bad is Mitch Trubisky? Uh, he's terrible. He's absolutely. The first quarter, horrible. I he's thought horrendous. they were going to have to pull him. Oh he's horrendous, God. bro. He's horrendous. I don't, I don't know how he makes the roster. I, I really don't, man. Some of his throws. This guy was the second pick overall, bro. They, they moved up to get, get him. him. He is terrible. Bo Valentine looked at me at one point in the first half yesterday, and he goes, I want you to think about this. There are people who get paid millions of dollars to make football decisions, and they sat in a room and looked at Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson and said, this is our guy at number two overall. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. And, and, right now, T-Doll is just like giving you the middle finger. At yeah, the, I yeah, know. Absolutely. No, she agrees with me. She, she <laughs> Listen, those guys no longer work for the Chicago Bears for a reason. I'm trying to figure out, when did when did Pittsburgh become a drop back and pass team? I mean, I, I've been out for the Steelers a long time ago, but at least they at home on a Thursday night game. When I mean, starting running back has 12 carries. Has 12 carries. Yards. I mean, Trubisky had more yards rushing than everybody on the offense right now. I mean, they are back. They are drop back past it. There's no physicality in no, all them on offense they can't at all. The they can't move the line of scrimmage. Yep. I mean, I, 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 listen, I heard Ryan Clark talk about earlier today on Get Up where he said that going through to the office when you see those Lombardis, there's an expectation, there's a standard that has to be yeah. set as being a Pittsburgh Steeler, and, and that's – and that is – it starts from the top. I mean, he called out Tomlin. He, he called out Mike Tomlin. He said that somehow that, that, that message of the steal away, just like so, so-called the Patriot way, is not being instilled in that locker room for that team to come in there and perform the way they perform, to execute the way they've been executed. And as much as I love Tomlin, I mean, the, the message is not being, being sent to these young players that you can't go out there and play like that. I mean, you, you cannot – it cannot be tolerated. I mean – Defensively or offensively. I mean, these last two games that they dropped, they look pathetic, especially last night against a New England, I mean, against a Patriots team that could struggle to score points in the last, what, four or five games? They had what? They allowed 13 only points in 13 points in the last yeah. yeah. And they went 0 and 4. And then they, they scored 13. Well, they, they scored 13. They, they scored allowed 13 40. Games, yeah. And they went 0 and 4. And then they, and they, and they put up 21 on you in the first half? Come on, bro. That, you know what else, too? I'm not, like, I'm not seeing the fire from Tomlin. You know? Yeah. Listen, Easy. if you go on Twitter and, like, last night, obviously it was right after a loss, but the way that national people view Tomlin is not the way he's viewed in Pittsburgh by Steelers fans, really? man. Well, they Pittsburgh are media. not happy. Like, he – yes, well, we do the whole, like, well, oh, he wins. Well, he always well, has a winning record. But, well, dude, he hasn't won nothing well, no, in a long-ass time. But you can't say that because if you That's put, Big Ben's record. But, no, man. listen, no, it's not. Yes, but, it is. No, it he's been nothing without Big Ben. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to tell you what you do. If you put up his record against Bill Cowell's record – he is one game over Bill Cowell if you add the two up. So if you're going to say Tom is terrible, say Cowell. I never terrible said too. he was terrible, well, but I he's think not, he's so overrated. Well, then that means Bill Cowell's overrated. I mean, like, when's the last time they'd won anything in the playoffs? When's the last time they even got to an AFC title? Well, he has the same record. He has a better record than Cowell with the same amount of games. And so if Cowell, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm that they saying, need to go hire Bill Cowell. No, what, no, they, I'm, no. That what I'm saying is, if comparably, if you see that, if you they, if you compare Bill Cowell's record to Tomlin's record. The same amount of games. He's got one game over Bill. Fine. Now. Just keep him around forever well, and continue to be a mediocre ball club, I, I, which is what they I are think they're both what they have coaches. been for a decade. My, my thing is right now. Right now, he's not acting like the Tomlin of the past. I don't see any fire with him. Well, right there, there's no there's no clear representation. Well, the representation of his team is a compliment to him. So if, if the team is, like as J.J. would say, mediocre, 
then it has to it has to as some it's a reflection of the head a reflection coach. of the head coach. It's got to be. My thing. I have no other. I have no other. Again, and like you can you throw it out there as an excuse all you want of you don't have an offensive coordinator. You have guys who've never called plays before calling plays, but like that. Re- That's on the head coach. Correct. That reverse to Jalen Warren. Like yeah. where he went for like a on 12, the goal line, yeah, yeah, and then went for a twelve yard loss. That was so that there was the one on the goal line, and then there was the one when they were in their own territory, and he lost like twelve yards after actually a pretty good throw from Trubisky, and you couple that with what for me I think is the biggest indictment on the head coach, which is Deontay Johnson last week, the lack of effort when I think it was a pick or a fumble, and he just kind of walks, you know, following the play, and then George Pickens last night at times just like looking there, like despondent, like. What am I even doing here? Which, yes, I understand it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and if they're renowned for one thing besides running the ball and playing great defense, it's having diva wide receivers and overcoming that and using their talent to their advantage. But they're not doing that right now. And part of it is they don't have a quarterback who can get them the ball, and part of it is they're not being put in a position to succeed. Yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, look, they, they, they're in position – to reach the playoffs, there's no doubt about that. That I, I but I, I look at that team last night with Trubisky playing, or even with Pickett's. Pickett's not much better, honestly. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see them. I don't know how they're going to win another game this year, much less try and get in the playoffs. They look bad. That's why I think the Bills are going to mm-hmm. sneak up they, on they, them. They look bad as on both sides of the ball. They look like a team that doesn't have any fire right now. The coach doesn't have any fire right now. That's why I was saying when we began this show, man, with this team going to Cleveland. Fight. I want to see them fight. I want to see some some anger. Tommy McManus was saying, hey, you know, maybe a couple cheap stuff. Look, whatever, man. Whatever's got to get you going. Yeah, but when, when have we seen this team just go and fight? I mean, we've seen them. 2017. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I, when I, this is what I mean by fight. I mean, just make Yannick the game, Ngakwe, make the game the ugly. Fight. It's going to be an ugly game. This plays right into the corner of what Cleveland wants to play at home, trying to get the playoff where rain, mud, dirt, all that kind of stuff. They want to muck it up. They want to be physical. They want to. They want to be. But nasty. you don't have to muck up a game to fight, though, do you? Like no, you can still no. fight and but I'm play saying, your game. Yeah, you can still fight and play. I absolutely agree. You can still fight and play the game. But I'm just telling you what Cleveland's going to do. They they want they want the rain. They want it cold. They want the dirt. They want the mud. They want to see right now in their assessment the, the Jaguars are finesse. Football team, like they fought, they fought in the fourth quarter. Just know quarter that I'm the ultra Titans soft. Thank you, Hack. <laughs> Thank you. They they fought in the fourth quarter. I know what quarter. you wanted to say. Yeah, the Titans home exactly. game, okay? When yeah. when the division one was on the line. Yes. They fought when they got absolutely. down four scores to the Chargers. Fist fight. I love yes. it. Absolutely. So that's what I'm talking that's about. That's what we're I, missing. I want to see that type of team. That's what we're missing. Let's head into the locker room. Coming up in the one o'clock hour, we'll play that Josh Allen soundbite about physicality because I think it kind of ties into what we're discussing. Also, want to give you guys an updated forecast for Cleveland for this Sunday. Officially, a forty-six percent chance of precipitation, according to Weather.com, which is down from the near eighty percent chance we thought it would be earlier in the week. They're saying now rain showers early with overcast skies later in the afternoon before the rain changes to snow in the overnight hours, well after the Jaguars and the Browns will have wrapped up Sunday night's game. We'll keep on that game. We'll also get it to the Florida Gators and the college ranks coming up next right here on XL Primetime. That just 
happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So now that the Jaguars have made their chess move and said they're unsure if Trevor Lawrence will play or if it will be C.J. Beathard on Sunday under center against the Browns, Cleveland head coach Kevin Stefanski told reporters just moments ago that Dorian Thompson-Robinson is out of the concussion protocol, but he won't name a starter. Joe Flacco, of course, is the other option for Cleveland. And so that begs the question. And you can hit the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010 with your thoughts. And I'll ask Joe – or Joe, see, I'm so used to saying Joe first. Joe is out today. I will ask Leon and Matt and JJ, who would you rather face on Sunday if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars defense? Joe Flacco or DTR? The statue. Yeah, so I want to stay. Flacco. Yeah, stationary 100%. target. Yeah, absolutely. He can't move. The weather the weather permitting is going to be rainy. And, yeah, I, I would, I'd rather have Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah, I mean, plus he's – how old is he now? 39, 40? Mm, 38, I think. Let me check it. I mean – yeah, 38. He'll be 39 in January. a little hit in the right spot. He is a Super Bowl champion. Though. I know he is, but he's, he's 18 years in the league, bro. Ago. Yeah, he's yeah, been in, he's I mean, been in a meeting. I mean, you a, wouldn't be worried about He's a lot easier to get off his spot. True, true. And where he makes a mistake. He, I, now, he's seen everything. I get all of that, okay? But with DTR mm-hmm. or with PJ, you, you got guys that can run. You got guys that can put your defense in conflict, in conflict in other ways other than throwing the ball. And that's a huge deal. I mean, you wouldn't be worried that Flacco's experience could be detrimental to he the team? He did win last week. He did win last week, absolutely. And he looked pretty good. That's why I would play DTR, who I – is his no. name Dorian? Thompson Dorian Thompson Robinson. Robinson. Okay. I, I would literally, like, if they played Flacco, mm-hmm. blitz the hell out of him. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's I mean, smart enough to have a check play. down. You know, this is a guy who's been around for 20 no, I, million years. I, I know and he's this smart is a defense enough, that got carved up by is he mobile passing enough? last week. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that uh, – can he move? What was, what was Joe Montana's name last week for the Bengals? Like, Jake Browning. Yeah, Jake Browning wasn't exactly Michael Vick out there. No, Although he, he did have he a good move one in the good pocket, run. And, he had, and he had a couple good runs, actually. And he could move. I don't even think Flacco could move in the pocket. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I might be wrong. If this I, changes I might your, be swayed to DTR now, bro, because I don't, I don't want the experience in the back. If this changes your field. way of thinking at all, and again, this was prior to his performance against the Rams this past weekend in which Flacco, 23 of 44 for 254 yards, two scores, and a pick. Browns fans, at least on Twitter, have been clamoring for Joe Flacco. Because if they <laughs> imagine I, I, that sentence being said in 2023, yes, I've seen it a almost couple of 2024. times. I've seen it a couple of times from Browns fans, and by Browns fans, I mean members of the media who do not cover the Browns, i.e., uh, our good friend John Fanta of Fox Sports, who's of course a college basketball writer but a diehard Browns fan. Him and his friends, I've seen it because it keeps popping up on my timeline, are noting that Joe Flacco is who you want managing your postseason run, as opposed to rolling the dice, which with DTR, which may result in a higher ceiling, but also could have a lower floor. If you lose to Joe Flacco in bad weather, that's, I mean. Well, we lost to Browning in good weather. I, I At home. At home. <laughs> yeah, at home. Right. Monday night for 12 years. I mean, I mean you, you you can't. I mean, no. You just can't, man. Well, you got to have some kind of fight in you. Because there's no way you can lose to Joe Flacco in bad weather. I agree. Just blitz the hell out of him. He can't move. All right. We'll see. I'm hoping for the best because what I saw last Monday night was was alarming to me. So I don't want to see that ever again. 
according to the text line brought the to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Yeah. DTR, one touchdown, four picks this year. Obviously, <laughs> we know his uh, his first start of his NFL career did not go so swimmingly. The start in which he then suffered the – or no, he, he got hurt. We got the concussion two weeks ago. So the, one, the start he had after Deshaun Watson was done for the year because he had started previously in place of Deshaun – the start afterwards went a little bit better for the Browns. And we cannot forget, this is a 7-5 and five Browns team that's clinging to a playoff spot. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the other part of this, is it's not like they're saying we're going to play DTR and develop him, or you're the Cincinnati Bengals who are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're still in it, but you're also like, oh, are you really still in it? But they believe that with a certain scheme, they could put Jake Browning in a position to succeed. Yeah. Well, I listen – we need to win this game because th- that same reference that you said, clinging to a playoff spot, we yes. could be in that same position as well. If the Browns win, they're both 8-5. The Br- exactly. The Browns win, the, the Texans win, the, the Colts win. Guess what? Jaguars are clinging to a playoff position. we got to win this game. We've got to find a way to win this game. So, J.J., I, I sent you, and I believe you have it queued up, from Josh Allen. Um, I asked him what was missing on, on Monday night against the Bengals. And then I did follow up because I see a plenty of our Nooners who are asking about, you know, is Joe Flacco going to dink and dunk us to death a la Phillip Rivers? Um, I asked Josh Allen about that because now that the book is out, that Jake Browning and the Bengals just employed a short passing attack, and that's all it took to defeat a top-five Jaguars defense, isn't that what opposition the opposition would do in the weeks to come? Physicality for you, that was the biggest thing that looked like it was missing. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't to our standard, you know, and like we'll, we speak over here every time we win. We did our keys. We stopped the run, pressure the quarterback, create takeaways. Did we stop the run? No. Were we physical enough up front? And that dictates how high was stopping the run? No. Were we in our gaps? No. Not enough to be able to dominate a game. So you scratch that out. If a team, if you can hand, turn around and hand the ball off and average this amount of yards, why stop doing that? Why drop? Why stay in the pocket and drop back pass when we can get four or five yards, get the ball second and short, third and short, convert that, and keep doing the same thing? Uh, so that's so we take we have to take pride in that on stopping the run. Uh, we are a run stop team, and we have to earn the right to rush the passer. So uh, that's that's first thing first. We have to take care of, and this is the team that we're about to play that predicated on running the ball, uh, and so we got to get our minds right. It's going to be tough game, cold game, potential rainy, uh, tough environment. But it's a matchup that we're we're ready to respond to, and uh, we'll be ready to go this week. Is there a concern that other teams might no. come at you guys? No, no concerns uh, about with the short passing game. Like it is what it is. <laughs> we got to stop the run. We start the run. Like when you when you mean short game, heck, you look back, look at the coach. The last time we put the coach here. You know, their first drive, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, and then field goal. So we can hold them to not score, keep them to a field goal, or get a turnover, because they did that too. And then the next series, turnover downs. Offense scored, now we're up. Now we have to, now defensively, once we get into that momentum, we have to stay on that. It was too much, you know, everything flows in the game to where we're high, we're low, we're high, we're low. We have to, we want to be the defense we know we can be. We have to stay at a consistent level, no matter what the offense is doing. Uh, so for us, man, we got to play more, better, complementary football. Obviously, we're eight and four for a reason, uh, and we're not gonna we're not gonna neglect those those wins as well. So uh, there's still room to improve, and uh, we come back ready to play. You know, we'll get the ball going. All right, all right, full me culpa here. Okay, I love this Josh Allen. I was a guy who, for the last two years, was saying, "What has he done?" 
What has he done to earn any kind of extension? I think we all thought that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this yeah. dude. Ditto. It's not only the way he's playing. I love that attitude because he's he's talking about he's you, he's explaining to you series after series. So he's into the game. He sees what's going on. He's following it. Um, it's not just I'm going out there and playing defense and I got to beat the tackle. He gets it. Um, and his performance is off the charts right now, man. So yeah, I I fully expect him to play hard and play well. He's he's about he's there's a handful of guys in that defense that I think will play hard every game. Roy Robertson Harris is another one. I think I think he's just having a fantastic season. Um, there are guys out there that will play hard every game. We need guys on the other side of the ball. If you're the Jags, it's the guys on the other side of the ball that's the problem. That the, physica- be, that the physicality is be, lacking. It's, it's the physicality, but it's also it's also like be consistent. And Leon, I ask you this all the time. Yeah. It's be consistent in your preparation because if you are in your preparation during the week, it's going to mm-hmm. show on Sunday. Yeah. Clearly, these guys are not consistent in what they're doing. Yeah, I, listen, I think the most meaningful thing he said in that whole conversation that he had with Mia was that he said he said he knows the identity of this defense. It's to stop the run. He said you have to stop the run and earn the right to get to the pass. Yes. I thought that was a great quote. That, yeah. that, yes. I, when, I, when I heard that, I mean, I was just like. Chills. Chills, because yeah. he, he, he can identify what this team is, and he understands the integral parts of being a defensive player, being the star of this defense, that our identity is we got to stop the run. We didn't do that. Guys didn't get in their gaps. Guys didn't get penetration. Guys aren't making tackles and that kind of stuff. Once you do that, then you're given the opportunity on third and long situations where you can get after the passer. So that's what he, uh, he changed he, the game and changed the yeah changed the whole totality of the game by first and foremost stopping the run and because of the weather and being up in Cleveland up there that offensive line which is still a solid offensive line they're going to want to run the ball so if you want a physical you want a physical game you're going to get one on Sunday you're going to get a physical game you're going to get some biting and kicking and elbowing and hit it's it's going to be yeah well I mean it's, it's going to be It'll it's be physical, be, but they're going to play conservative because they're at home, right? Absolutely. They're not going to want to make a mistake. They're going to wait for you to make a mistake. Exactly. So, I mean, so, yeah, I, 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 like, I like this Josh Allen. By the way, I do too. We need to go to break, but I want to say this real quick. On that end, okay? And we talked about this, and we should probably get into this in the next, next segment. Well, we do have some guests coming up in the next right. segment. But uh, so after, after that, after yes. your Army-Navy guys, you're going to have to pay this guy. And I don't mean just pay him. I mean he's going to be the highest paid edge in the league. So you're going to have to pay him. Mm-hmm. He's going to end up with 17 and a half, 18 sacks, and – there will be someone who will make him the highest paid defensive end in the league. You're make right. sure it's Get you. Ready for that. Make sure it's hmm. you, Jaguars. This is XL Primetime. Some special guests coming up in the next segment uh, and previewing for us. So I was going to say coming up in the next segment. But, yes, they're coming on to discuss with us Army-Navy, which is now a little over 24 hours away. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. All right, we're back on primetime. We're going to celebrate a little college football right now. Matt Hayes, Mio O'Brien, Leon Searcy, and J.J. LaSalva. Josie out for the day. We've got our friends Caleb and Zach from Army and Navy. It's Army-Navy this weekend. It's the greatest rivalry in college football. I don't care what anyone says about Ohio State and Michigan and Stanford and Cal and Auburn and Alabama. Forget that. It's Army-Navy. Well, you know what? You it's had Army-Navy. To, listen, you, you remember yesterday we talked about how sad it was because college football was in, and you said, no, bro. One more we, got, oh, we got one more game, bro. We got one more game. We got one more, game, we got one more, <laughs> exactly. one more the game. We, yes. we also have one more installment of game day, and it'll be in Foxborough. 
because mm. that is where the Army-Navy game is taking place in 2023. Bill Belichick is the guest picker. I think we'll get to that at some point, Zach and Caleb. But you guys are here to promote the watch party that's going to be going on tomorrow. So, Caleb, if you want to tell us a little bit more about what you guys have planned. Yeah, this is our fourth year of doing the watch party at the Jag Stadium over at Riverbank Field. And it is the world's largest watch party outside of the game. So, Jacksonville definitely hosts that. We've got a great connection with the city. And it is just a good, fun event. I mean, how often do you get to go for just a $5 suggested donation, sit inside the stadium, watch it on the world's largest TV screens, and just enjoy it with a good Navy towel. Fantastic. Uh, and maybe uh, an Army towel as well, uh, Zach? Is that included or uh, n- not towel? What's the preferred Army then? Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. We, we, we'll give out little footballs maybe for the for the Army fans uh, at the game. But, I, I, you know, it, it, it's for a great cause too. So if you've got the time tomorrow, you want to you wanna enjoy the, the game on a big screen, uh, the proceeds from the game will go to benefit both Canine for Warriors and the JVET Fund. Uh, so both great veterans charities uh, here in Jacksonville. We've, we've raved a, raised a ton of money um, over the years uh, for both of those charities. So uh, definitely, if you, if you can, come out and support and uh, watch, watch the Army team win, right? Mm. See, Zach was now. just getting ready uh, to say, yeah, we don't need time. Those Army like Jack, that. I mean, yeah. mules. He was, he was just getting ready to get on you, Caleb. <laughs> and then he thought twice and said, you know what, I, just wanna, I wanna talk about the you know, what we do and the money we raise, and that's a great thing, but you were that close to saying, man, we don't need towels. Come on. Yeah, no towels. <laughs> they need it for all the crying. I mean, I did hear it was a strange stat. I heard that Army, the coaches were only going to dress about 15 players for this one, but there is because they're pretty confident everybody else can dress themselves this year. It's <laughs> a good one. Wow. I love the shots that they'll be throwing. Well, well, you know, the, the, the midshipmen are at a disadvantage this year or at a disadvantage because they, they can't bring their mascot. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but the city of Boston actually outlawed goats uh, a couple of days ago. Check it, check it out. Uh, KeepBostonGoatFree.com. Mm. Um, there's been a there's been a movement for a number of years in Boston to keep the goats out um, because of the smell, right? The sloppy marching, the lack of discipline, right? Mm. And a couple of days ago, read it. There's a press release out there. Hear, hear me. Here now. I was thinking it's just about because Brady, of all, all the, ca- all the gone, kale right. that Tom Brady's well, eating. That's you know that's, that's right. the reason for the odors. Look, 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 the, look the press the press releases out there. Hear me now. Believe me later. It's, it's Army. It's, it's, just, it's on the internet, guys. Army just found out who Travis Kelsey was this year. So <laughs> I don't really know if we're that worried about him. Well, we're not. We're not Swifties, <laughs> Caleb. So I, well, I know I know they're Coach K fans up there at West Point. Uh, I know Navy though claims Bill Belichick and he will be the guest picker on game day which I was a little surprised that the New England Patriots PR team was okay with this but now at least he's coming off of a win look Belichick's getting in the media right after this season so it makes perfect sense he'll probably move down to Annapolis come down to his old stomping grounds where he learned everything it makes sense yeah I actually uh had uh Bo Valentine my, my boyfriend that's his tv his radio name as we call him by uh, his dad is, lives in Annapolis, and so they were catching up on the phone last night. I didn't even tell you this, Leon. And he goes, so, been hearing a lot about what if Belichick wants to come coach the Commanders and come back and live in Annapolis? To which I say Annapolis is a lovely town, but uh, I don't know if you want to be hanging out in Annapolis or West Point in December. But I don't know if Foxborough mm. is much better either. I don't think Foxborough is no. much better. No, no he's nah. used to it. I do have, I think, a good – I think I've come up with the perfect bet for Army-Navy game. And, okay. Leon, you might have to help me with some of All this right, one. All right, let's do it. Of, I think we need to go right after this, and we'll go pick up some Big Sur 72 cigars. All day. And then 
after the game, we have to smoke them together because I don't think there'd be any greater taste than smoking to victory or worse taste if you're having to smoke a cigar because you just lost. Mm. Y'all better carve out about three hours, okay? Because those are yeah, it's those not are three hours. He's exaggerating. It's two. You're a cigar smoker. It, it'll take you two hours. Two hours? All right. We yeah. might have to go with a little thirst. Yeah, we get with a little thirst. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Look at, we he knows look how it changes immediately. Yeah. Well, I think both Caleb and I are are solo parenting this weekend, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we got two hours got to smoke cigars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, might, we might have to put a pin in that. We can make it happen, though. I can make yeah, it happen. Yeah. You can find out more about the Army-Navy watch party if you go to jacksonville.gov slash Army-Navy 2023. And, boys, we were talking about it before we came on the air with you, the possibility of this game being hosted in Jacksonville. And we've already had a couple of our Nooners reach out to us and say, when is it going to happen? So any insider trading you can share or? Uh, you know, I think the logistics of, of getting both of the cores down here would be uh, would be. It's probably the primary reason why that you don't see the game outside of New England. So uh, I I give it a a low to quite low chance of happening, but you know. But you never know. I mean, Jacksonville is a really an up and coming town. You can see how much we were just talking about the break of when Navy came down here and played Notre Dame. Stadium was packed out for that. It was a really good showing. The fact that we do have the world's largest watch party each year is definitely in there. It'd be they they bid these things years out in advance, but. I definitely think the city's doing all that it can to give itself a possibility. Can't, can't the cities pay for like a couple C fives to drop the whole group off? I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just the government, right? I mean, <laughs> they could pay for anything. They already have enough money that they're spending. What's a couple million more? Get them all exactly. here, man. Yeah. Shove them. Probably in that won't stadium. even be a million. Let's be real here. Um, be real. On the field, since this is a sports program, fascinating that I think for the first time in a long time. Both these teams enter with the same record of five and six. So on the field, let's go one by one, Caleb and then Zach. Uh, what has been the good? What has been the bad for the midshipmen this year? Well, I mean, for the mids, it's been a series of injuries, mainly to start the season. You've got quarterbacks that go down. There's been a bit of a Rolodex there. It's uh, that transition coming off of Coach Ken into a new system. You're always trying to build into that set. So, some of that's that transition year. At the same time, they've been able to pull some of those out. There's always that grit, determination. I mean, one thing, and I hate to say anything nice about Army, but both with Army, Navy, I think there's some other school out there, Air Force, that <laughs> there's always going to be that good discipline. You're always going to have that in place. You're going to have a drive. There's always going to be just determination. So no matter how well someone's playing, you know they're doing the best of their possible abilities. So I, I think that's what's been – Produce this season, and look, we it's going to be a whirlwind because we lost to Air Force earlier, Army beat Air Force, and then we're going to beat Army. So it'll just be one big circle of what's going on in the sports realm. Everybody wins. And for the for uh, for Army? Yeah, I mean, for Army, I mean, Caleb uh, just said it. We, we, we went into the Air Force game. Air Force was 8-0, and Army was 2-6, right? Uh, we beat – the the hell out of Air Force, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and ruin their season. So, I mean, we'd love to take home the can- Commanders in Chief trophy. Um, it's really not going to be a good season unless we beat Navy tomorrow. But that that was probably the high point of the season. Uh, Army started really slow. Uh, they made some adjustments to the offense um, based on some rules about chop blocking that I think were, uh, you know, probably more dramatic than they expected them to be. So they, they started off really slow, but they've come on strong at the end of the season. And uh, my, my money's on Army tomorrow. 
So if Navy wins, who gets the commander's trophy? Or does it stay where it is? So if Navy wins, it goes back to, I believe, the last person that had it. So our, Air, Air Force? Force probably retains it if Navy wins. Yes, I think that's right. Okay. Uh, to show you how deep this goes, I mean, we've talked about in years past our hatred for each other on that particular day. But our daughters are actually in the same first grade class as well. And my daughter came home. She's like, hey, I told her, beat Army today. You know? it's like, oh, she's learning. All right, here, have a pack of Oreos. Here you go. Yeah, that's right. Good work. Well, and we heckle Caleb every, every morning because he walks his kids to school and I drive my kids in and drop them off. And so I always roll the windows down and say, all right, all right, kids, there's Mr. Caleb. What do we say? And they always give them a good beat Navy, you know? <laughs> and then my kids go, what's wrong with them? I said, well, they went to Army. That's the problem. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, just, you know, as we wrap up with you, with you gentlemen, reiterate for us just what this game means for those graduates of these two institutions and those who've served. For, for this game, what does it mean for each of you? I mean, it's is the all-American sport with – all-American academies. You you can't get more of a rivalry that's there. You can't get more pageantry. It's uh, people who are dedicated to serving the military afterwards. It's all there. And to put it in the context, especially during your freshman year, if you're making any turn, you have to yell, beat Army. That's You're saying it a thousand <laughs> times a day. It is so ingrained into you. that, And it's the last thing stand between you and going home for Christmas break. So it's... There's a lot that gets built up into that. And then for the grads as well, you can see how many people fly up for the game. You always have the top brass that always flies in. There's presidents that attend every single year. So it can't become a bigger stage. It's the only game on Saturday. And even all the way down in Jacksonville, Florida, you can get more than 1,000 people together just to watch the game on TV. So real quick, Caleb, explain that because I'm sure Navy has something very similar. Every time you turn, no matter where you are, you have to say beat Army, like when you're walking. If you're in a car when you're turning, do you do you find yourself saying it? <laughs> Not, so your freshman year, you or do have you to, find yourself saying it now? Oh, now of course I'm getting out of the shower, putting the towel over me. You're turning into it's the there. bedroom, yeah. and that's what you're that's saying. That's what it is. Uh, but no, as your freshman year, you have to run everywhere and you have to make 90 degree turns every single place you go, and every time you have to yell out "Beat Army." So it's every single step you take, it's at least there in your subconscious. It's fascinating. Does Army do anything quite like that? Uh no, no, yeah, there no. I mean, there we go. I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. We, we want to beat us some Navy, right? But uh, not, not at that. You're better level. than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, but yeah. Look, the game tomorrow is uh, is is a is an opportunity for for two teams that are that are going to be fighting together. You know, after graduation, um, to to get out there on the fields of friendly strife, as we said at West Point. You know, and and. Um, and have and play a great football game, and um, for the for the 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 kids that are there, for the grads, and for the people watching at home, um, you know, the guys out there uh, playing against one one another are um, willing to lay down their lives, you know, for their country. You know, it's 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 a really really special game, and for those people here in Jacksonville who can come join us uh, tomorrow and and watch, I, I think it's going to be a great event. You know. Yeah, and Zach, I'd actually just check before we came in here. We should this year cross over the $100,000 mark of how much we've raised just through this event for local Jacksonville veterans charities. Nice. That's awesome. Fantastic. Again, that link, jacksonville.gov slash Army Navy 2023. You can register to attend there. $5 donations, the suggested donation at the door, free parking, lot C at Everbank Stadium. Gates open at 2, game starts at 3. Anything else I missed? 
Thank you guys. That's Food it. trucks and stuff there and all that? We'll have concessions that are yeah. inside the stadium. Okay, nice. Fantastic. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, we have four local players on the Navy roster, so we'll shout them out here in a second, and six on the Army roster. But before we do that, a thanks again to Caleb and Zach for joining us, as you guys do each and every year, to promote this wonderful game and something that brings our city together. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Beat Army. And, uh, Beat Navy. Maybe I should ask before we let you go, uh, Caleb, Ty Lavatai. Healthy? Yes? No? The Pride of Creekside? The Mighty Mighty Creekside night? Boy, I it, I would love to see it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, you'd like to see him starting under center. It's been a <laughs> right. up and down season for Ty, who is one of the four locals who is on the Navy midship, mid, Midshipman roster, joined by Nicholas Bell, as well as, make sure I want to get all four names in here, uh, we got Luke Pyrus out of Ponte Vedra as well, and then we have, scrolling on down here, we got one more. I swore we did. Maybe don't. Okay, so three on the on the on the uh, Navy roster, and then I know on Army we've got a whole lot of different Florida guys. So we'll get to those when we come back because we do have Coach Campbell coming in. We will be making our picks. Still a whole lot to get to, but our thanks to Caleb and Zach for joining us. And again, you can find out more about the watch party tomorrow at Everbank Stadium at Jacksonville.gov/slash/Army/Navy. 2023. Coach Campo joins us coming up next right here on XL Primetime. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. Listen, guys, Mia's beating the brakes off of us. I thought I faded a little bit. No, you went four and two last I week. I started zero and two, and I uh, was like, "Oh no!" Dave Campo went one and five. Oh, yeah. I'm so hurt. Me and Campo are tied for second, but we are well behind the Queen. <laughs> Mia fifty-three and twenty-eight against the spread. We are ten games back at forty-three and thirty-eight. Uh, Joe is forty-one and forty. Leon thirty-eight and forty-three, and Matt. 34 and 47 against the spread. All right. We'll do our one college game this week. We just talked about it last segment. Army versus Navy. Army is a three-point favorite. Uh, Mia, who do you got? Legally obligated to go with the midshipmen just because of family ties. And also, like we said, five and six. And it's also a rivalry game. It's anybody's game. I like the uh, Army mascot better. I'm going Black Knights. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to go with Army as well. I got Army. All right, I, I, I have no choice. I have to go Navy for the old sailor up there in the sky. So I'm going Navy. All right, I'm going to go Army just because they beat uh, Air Force this year. Navy didn't. Which quickly, JJ, I do want to give a shout-out to all the uh, Army, since I said the Ponte Vedra three guys. Um, the guys on the Navy – excuse me, the Navy guys I read. The Army – the Army. 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 I'm ready for Army. Boston. The Army guys, Tommy Zatello, Joseph Steve, Stevens, Elo Medozi by way of Bartram Trail High School, Christian Yusef Zada out of Creekside. Those mighty, mighty Creekside Knights, they love to send to our Armed Force Academies. Bishop Kenny's Baylor Newsom, And then we got one more. want to make sure I get to him. He's the offensive lineman. He is. He's in the 80s. Tampa. There we go. Sam Deck, offensive lineman. Ponavidra, Nice. All right, let's go to the NFL. So we got five NFL games for now on. We'll probably have some bowl games mixed in here and there throughout the uh, remaining month or so of our picks. But we have Colts Bengals. All right, this has become sort of interesting with both teams winning last week. 
The Bengals at home are two-point favorites. Mia. I like the Bengals as much as the Colts were able to win last week without Jonathan Taylor, and they've proven Zach Moss is more than capable of carrying the load, and maybe this is a pass-first offense. I like them to come back down to earth this week in Cincinnati. So you like the Colts? Yes. No, not the Colts. Sorry, Bengals. My bad. Sorry. sorry, I was saying I think the Colts will lose because they don't have Jonathan Taylor, so the Bengals. Jake Browning, national media darling, lives on. (laughs) Coach? Uh, I've got to go opposite Mila. I got to Mia. I got to go with the Colts. Yeah, it hasn't go. been working, by the way. Going opposite yeah. Mia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the Colts. I, I like the, I like their defense. It, you say Jonathan um, Taylor's, Taylor's out. out the game. Yep. And Mi- so is their right tackle. That, that just means Minshew's gonna throw four touchdowns. In the See, Mia knows more about what's going on here. I think she kind of studies this stuff. What's it's the line as again? As if I three? work and cover it. It's three, yeah. Two. Two points. Two. Bengals yeah. are two-point favorites at home. It's a pick them. Um, you got it. I just, I just have a problem thinking that Brownie's going to have another good game. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with the Bengals. I'll go with the Bengals. <laughs> so you go with the opposite of what yeah, you just I do. said. Because everything like else I've been doing is not working. Exactly. Right. I, I'm going with the Colts because of what you just said. I don't expect Browning to do the same thing. All right. Next up, Rams at Ravens. Ravens at home, seven and a half point favorites. I like the Rams. As much as my preseason prediction was that the Rams would be tanking for Caleb Williams, they're clearly proving they're not, and I believe they're vying for that seventh or sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. I want those Ravens to come in here feeling good about themselves. I'm going with the Ravens. Mm -hmm, Yeah, I got the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to put a number on them. I like the Ravens. I I think they're going to play really well. I like the Rams. I think the Ravens will win, but seven and a half is too much for me. For me, I I do think it would be nice for the Jaguars if the Ravens came in on a winning streak. Yeah. But it's a big number. Yeah. Next up, Seattle at the 49ers. Speaking of big numbers, the Niners at home are 11-point favorites. 11. 11. Geno apparently is banged up again. They just signed Sean Mannion. Um, So I think Geno is going to play, but I don't think he's fully healthy. I'm going with the Niners. I think the, the juggernaut rolls on. I really want to go against Mia, Mia but I'm, I've got to go with the 49ers. I've gone with the Seahawks a couple times and taken a dive. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the Niners on this one. If this was in Seattle, I'd say this is a classic NFL game, so I'm going with the Niners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really feel stupid doing this, but I'm picking the Niners as 11-point favorites. Um, all right, two really big ones left. We'll start with the Bills versus Chiefs. In Kansas City, the Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites. See? Look how close that line is, JJ. That's a 6-6 six and six Bills team right. in Kansas City, and yet the line is one-and-a-half. Well, one team's obviously playing better than the other. Right. But you would think. And But they're like, we're not going to make the Bills a favorite on the road at Kansas City. And also you would think Kansas City's not going to lose two in a row, but I have them right. losing two in a row. Bills. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> mm. Chiefs coach? All right. At home? Uh, that offense hasn't been as efficient as it should, but that defense keeps them in games. Yes. Something tells me Josh Allen is it's one of us. He's, he's, he's going to throw one. But I'm going with Bills, though. Mm. I think he's going if he does turn over, he's going to overcome it. They're going to win. A little 90-degree angle. Yeah, yeah. Beat Army there you go. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I, Mahomes isn't the same Mahomes right now. He's just mm. not. Oh, stop. 
I know you love him, it's bro. His I get it. Receivers he's, suck, but he's yes. still Mahomes. That's part of the problem. There's no doubt about it. That's part of the problem. I, they're at home, though, man. I'll take the Chiefs. Take yeah, the Chiefs. I I feel the exact same way. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here. By the way, I don't think you can do that, coach. That's super sensitive, coach. Of course. All right. And you better not do face paint because we right. saw what happened to that young boy. I know. He All right. Over. Eagles <laughs> at Dallas. Game of the week for me. Dallas at home. Three and a half point favorites. Mia. Eagles. Mm. Cowboys. <laughs> that Cow- one I knew was coming. Cowboys. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to take the Cowboys because I've been saying all along that I don't believe them, I don't believe them, I don't believe it. Now, right when I believe them, this is what's going to Well, you've happen. also been saying the gonna, Eagles, something's gonna going on there. Touchdowns or something. Watch this. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with Matt. There is something weird going on with the Eagles this year. I like Dallas by a touchdown. And that's it for the picks. Mm. Five NFL, just one college game. But, hey, college football, it's not over until Army-Navy. The those, final those are all difficult whistle. picks. Actually. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Even the college game, they're all difficult. Well, picks. yeah, we haven't watched a down of those teams play. So no, I did. Well, never, for, never have, forget but... uh, when I was in New Orleans and I was clinging to Navy, trying to beat what was it? Not Middle Tennessee. Whoever it was. Wow, where, where, you were down bad. No, I was. That was part of a parlay, and <laughs> I needed Ty Lavatai throws a pick six. So then they needed to cover like a seven-point spread, but then they gave him a garbage-time touchdown. Welcome and I was to like, gambling. Thank you. Watching Middle Tennessee Navy. It was the biggest rush I've had. All right, before <laughs> we go, Matt teased it in the previous segment, so I don't want Leon to leave without it. Um, Josh Allen, we still have five games to go. Will the Jaguars pay him? What would you do if you're Trent Baalke? Um, Well, I would pay him now. I mean, I wait till the end of the season, but if he gets, if he finishes the season now, what, about 17 17 and a half sacks, He's whatever. got 13 and a half right now. Yeah, 13 and a half right now, ago. five games ago. Well, yeah, I mean, we just saw what Nick Bosa got. Nick Bosa got, what, $175 million, $122.5 guaranteed. And Montez Sweat got almost $100 million from yeah. the Bears for four wow. years. Wow. And you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay him or franchise him, one or two. What would you I do? don't think you can franchise him. I think that's... You're you're talking you're, about a guy who upset the apple cart. Really, yeah. Well, not only that, he really he produced, man. He did produce. He's a game changer on the field for them right now on that side of the ball. Those are does it concern that's you? That's rare he pro- on defense. Does it concern you that he produced? Yes, the, it does. Contract a hundred percent. It's concerning, but you always say, you always say that's a red flag. It is a red flag. It is, and I completely and I stand by it. All I'm saying is, I don't know that you can't pay him. Can't. I don't know that you cannot pay him, knowing that it will not only upset the apple cart, but it. You know, what's what's your locker room? You think of you say this all the time. What's a locker room going to think if you've got guys in your locker room that are producing at a high level and you don't pay them? I always say you 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 feed, you pay that in house first before you go outside right. the house. Right. Bring somebody. Yeah, I think he's going to be the highest paid uh, edge guy in the league, and he's going to stay here. I think they're going to pay him. Hmm. Coach? Dave? Oh, I, I think that uh, he's proven that uh, if he's right and he's rolling, he can he can be one of the best in the league. He And, and I like his attitude. I like everything about him. Uh, I don't know. Again, I think some of it is who he has around him that causes him to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was missing in the last couple of years. I think it's there now. I, I would pay him. Part of it, too, is if you tag him, then you are looking at a contract year because it's a one-year deal. Also, you are saying you are our priority. 
over Calvin Ridley, over anybody else, Jamal Agnew, go through any other litany of list of guys that are pending free agents. And so by saying you are the focus, you are the priority that we want to keep in Jacksonville, if nothing else, it gives you more time to negotiate a deal, which you would hope you can reach a deal before them. I understand Trent Baalke doesn't do in-season deals, but if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, you get about a month between when the Super Bowl is and when the league year opens. And so this at least would give you a little bit of leeway too. So even if you don't get a deal done until IE Evan Ingram until July, at the very least you say you are a priority keeping you in Jacksonville. All right, Big Sirs, into the weekend you go. There I go. All right, make sure you uh, hit those boys up for the Army-Navy game with their uh, their Big Sirs and their Little Sirs. I got them. All right, and we are going to keep Coach Campo here for one more hour before we send the rest of you Nooners into the weekend. This is XL Primetime. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. Well, the good news, Jaguars are headed on the road. Taking the show on the road once again, where they are undefeated in 2023. The bad news is that when they do return to Everbank Stadium next week, I'm not allowing Coach Campo into the house, as they are winless when poor Coach Campo is at Everbank Stadium. But we are always winning when he is at our house at 1010XL World Headquarters. Coach, how are we feeling? Why don't they like me over there? I don't at, know. At, 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 uh... Everbank. I know. Maybe it's ever since You're the name bad juju. changed. That's yeah. the problem. I know. I, 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 I yeah. I think well, they're afraid to perform in front of greatness. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. This is going to be a tough football game. It's one that we've got to win, in my opinion. I think that that plays into, you know, this football team has been kind of that way when, when they've been in situations where – they're underdogs, or you know, everybody in the in the all the experts are picking the Browns. So you know, we've usually performed with that kind of uh, situation better than we've been when we've been in control. So uh, you know, it's going to be a tough game because they're physical up front on both sides of the ball. Their offensive line has been intact the whole season, and that usually doesn't happen. And usually, the teams that do that do pretty well. Now, the quarterback situation should be in our favor, but I thought the quarterback situation was in our favor this last week. So uh, this is going to be a tough game. I like our, our guys, you know, when they have to rebound, and uh, I'm, I'm counting on that right there. I think the offensive line is perhaps the only position where the Browns aren't super banged up. Um, Joel Batanio was rested on Wednesday, allegedly non-injury related, although it's a knee. He did practice in limited fashion Thursday, ditto to Wyatt Teller with a calf injury. And so that may be the only position, though, where they're healthy, Coach, because Amari Cooper most likely still going to be in the concussion protocol with that rib injury. We know Miles Garrett is banged up, although even a 50% Miles Garrett is probably better than the average human being. And then you combine that with the running backs are banged up, and David Njoku has missed practice all this week with a knee injury. So it's not like they aren't suffering from the injury bug as well? Well, first of all, uh, injuries are, are not what I'm concerned about because in the National Football League, you have to, you know, you have to play when you're banged up, especially this time of the year. Uh, you know, I, I look at the team, you know, how, you know, what are they made of? And the only position I'm a little concerned about is quarterback because, again, you don't know how a guy's going to perform at that position, and it's so important. So for me – 
Uh, you know, they've got a lot of guys on the injury report, but uh, I'd say about 75% of them are going to play. And uh, hopefully that's the same with us. You know, the Kirk one is the one that concerns me more than anything else because, you know, he's down. That's it. Now, you know, I'm hopeful that a bunch of the other guys will play, including Trevor, but it'll be up to the doctors on him. So when you when you watch this offensive line play over the last, I don't know, two, three, four games even, um, they're certainly hit and miss. But it just it just to me it seems like there's something missing there from the middle three as far as the ability to push the line of scrimmage. And clearly Fortner, he's not what he was last year. All right. Clearly Sheriff is not what he was last year, right? So I guess I guess my question is, if you're a coach, are you that you're riding and dying with them, or is there any thought to well Shatley can play center, let's stick him in there and see what can happen. You know, maybe you feel good with Cleveland at the left spot. Let's stick Shatley in there. Just give Fortner a chance to get away from it for a little bit and see what happens. I don't think you can do that. And the reason is not because it's Fortner or he's playing good enough or whatever. The center position is so important in everything. And if you're going to protect your quarterback, the center has to know exactly what the line is going to do. Now, there are some teams where the quarterback calls everything. I don't believe they're doing that. I think the center is calling the protection, you know, based on where the middle linebacker is and some of those mm-hmm. kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the other positions you might, you know, if there was an issue, you 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 would be willing to take a look at it. But the center position, I you know, I I just don't think we're very physical, and I think some of it's a zone blocking, you know, as opposed to just coming off the ball. You know, I've said many times with a hand on the ground, they're better than when they're off. Yeah. Well, they're not going to be hand on the ground. That's just not the not the scheme that we have. And so, you know, if I'm if I'm Rauscher, I'm 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 calling them out and telling them if we want to if you want to go somewhere, you better we need to win the line of scrimmage. Let's go. You know, and and hopefully we can rally that way. In case you missed it, Doug Peterson this morning sounded doubtful that Walker Little would be able to play on Sunday against the Browns in that situation. The expectation, Blake Hance would step in at left tackle. Ezra Cleveland would remain at left guard. But Ezra, coach, did get some snaps at left tackle in yesterday's practice. And so, obviously, in that situation, if something was to happen to Blake Hance, you slide Cleveland to left tackle, a position we've heard from our Minnesota contemporaries. He wants to play. And then you would put Shatley in at left guard. Yeah, I don't think they'll move two for one. I think they'll bring Hans in and, uh, you know, hey, uh, you got to play. You know, it's next man up. And, and you know, I've seen him do some good things. I mean, right. I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I mean, obviously I'd rather have Walker Little out there. But I'm not uh, just bad with the other guy. I, right. I, I think he's going to be okay. And I don't, I don't think you move uh, – I think the, the, what you said, Mia, is right. If something happened to him – Then you got to do what you got to do. Then you move the guy out there that's had some reps, and, and, uh, and then you – Shatley now is a factor. All right, so you've coached as a head coach in the league in December games on the road, bad weather. Um, do you change philosophically what you do? Or you stick no matter what, look, this is what we do, this is how we're doing it? Or do you say maybe we should do a little more max protect? Maybe we should we should focus more on running the ball with a couple tight ends. How, how do you how do you figure that? Out and what do you think this team will do? 
come well, Sunday. Well, I, I think Farrell will be a bigger factor in this ball game. Uh, As a second tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, seriously, they need to protect the quarterback, especially if it's – well, either one. Either one. Because both are, both because things. they're not so much with uh, Beathard that he's hurt, but that he's out there new. You know, I mean, even though he's a, a veteran – you know, this is his first shot out of the blocks, really. So you want to make sure you give him every opportunity to do it. I think they'll try to protect the quarterback with the run game. They they have to go with the run game. I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they have to. They have to win the line of scrimmage. But they also have to get the ball out quick, no matter who the quarterback is, to give them a chance. To, and, and really, they're a better team when they play action. And I'll tell you this right now. This past ball game, the play-action passes is what killed us. The, the run, the, we couldn't stop the run for whatever reason. And to me, it's discipline more than it is physicality. I don't think we were not uh, gap sound for some reason in that game. we got to be disciplined. we got to control the running game. And, and uh, you know, offensively, we've got to run the football and be able to, to play action off it. If you have a question for Coach, 641-1010 is the number to reach us on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. One more on the offense for you, Coach, and then we're going to take a break, and then I want to get to what the Browns present because we really haven't spent a lot of time on what this Cleveland Browns team presents on both offense and defense. You mentioned, though, the loss of Christian Kirk at least for the next four weeks. Expectation is that it will be longer. How do you fill that Kirk-sized hole in this offense? Well, you know, actually – Washington did a pretty good job other than the fact that he wasn't totally focused on every route. And some of that is because the backup Someone rookie. might've got your quarterback. Hurt yeah. Well, the one that got him hurt, <laughs> you know, that he, he made a mistake, but he, he did, he made some other mistakes too. That's not the only one. They had to get him lined up a couple of times. Trying Cost to get him a timeout the one time. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, the guy was picked for that reason. In my opinion, you know, he's a slot receiver. That's what he is. So, you know, I think that, you know, obviously they can do some things. Uh, I think number seven uh, uh, can come inside some. You can, you can, I would like to see uh, Cooks up, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he will be, but I, I'd like to see him up because I think he presents a, a little bit of a problem in mm-hmm. some ways. So we'll have to see, but I, I think Washington, I think you can count on him to make some plays. And and I think they've just got to well, go. The other stuff is workable. He can figure yeah. that out. Like th- that can be taught. Like, yeah. That's just attention to detail. Yeah. Like side adjustment routes are attention to detail. Absolutely. And I, and I really think that uh, you know that from what I've seen of him, he he's capable of making plays. Oh yeah. And so you know I think they have to utilize that. And uh, you know somehow they got to get the ball to Ridley a little bit. I mean you know that's going to be something that. We see Zay didn't have a big part of this last ball game. I expect him to catch some balls this week. There you go. There's your sneaky good fantasy football take from Coach Campos. Start Zay Jones, Coach Campos says. I was afraid we were going to have to hit a that that would really send Coach Campo uh, out of his chair, JJ, but it appears Shohei Otani has not made a decision. (laughs) It is not official that he will be going to the Toronto Blue Jays, according to Jeff Passan and the crew at ESPN. But we will continue to monitor. That Whoa! Situation. So that was like 
So it, what? It broke and then they took it back. Yep. Or? It sounds like. Yep. That's what there was. Apparently, was a Canadian news they took source. Took it back. Oh that my said god. That it's official. If he goes to the Blue Jays, that would be insane. Keep I would him love on it. A, I would love. Keep that. him out of the East. ALEs? Come on, man. Oh, apparently, the Canadians are saying it's a done deal. But <gasps> now we're seeing from Alden Gonzalez, who is of course the other ESPN baseball reporter, and Jeff Passan that it is not official. That's not to say it won't ultimately be the Blue Jays. My understanding is that at this point, that decision has not been made. So, something worth monitoring. already stacked. What are you worried about? Dude, think about all the money that they would steal from him. That's like half of his salary Canada would take. Yeah, all I can tell you is they need to get that Japanese pitcher. Oh, yeah, he's supposed to be the new guy. They need the Japanese pitcher. So, it's not just the Canadians, by the way. (laughs) This is Dodgers Nation as well. I don't know how legit... Dodgers Nation is, um, but apparently they also are reporting that it's a done deal and he is headed to the Blue Jays. We will monitor this, of course, but it is expected to shatter the value of Mike Trout's record 12-year, $426 million deal with the Angels. XL Primetime rolling on. More with Coach Campo coming up next. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday. On XL Primetime. Yes. Don't think we forgot about you, Nooners. It is a big hair, heavy metal Friday. I see Charles on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures with some some suggestions. Keep them coming for DJ JJ, who also has a very special giveaway. Yes, you are hearing Motley Crue right now. They will be at Welcome to Rockville. I have a pair of tickets for a general admission four-day pass. May 9th through the 12th. Tickets are available at welcometorockville.com or be car number four right now at 641-1010, and I'll hook you up. Not valued at $3,700, Matt? Or do we know with a value? I don't don't know. The the value of these tickets are $100,000, so call right now. (laughs) I dig it. The lineup is elite. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good ticket. Yeah. So, I mean, three days, right? Four. Four days. Four days of music, some of the best rock bands of the last 30, 40 years. I mean, even get Jelly Roll, who's, like, crossed over to the countryside. He's going to be one of the headliners. What so. was he before country? In in prison, but that's a story for another <laughs> he time. He was, like, a, ra- a rapper. Yeah, yeah, he was a rapper, and then he uh, was incarcerated, and that's part of why he's doing what he's doing, to inspire others. Um and to he, make a few bucks. He won a, he won a bunch of CMAs, and now he's probably going to win a bunch, Sorry, of, uh, a bunch of rock. It's probably not yeah. as big. He's got a lot of tattoos. So No, not even the tattoos. I just can't see him. Anywho, uh, Coach Campo <laughs> hanging with us till <laughs> 3 on, on a Friday, on a big hair heavy metal Friday right here on Matt, XL Friday. Matt, this is a sports radio maybe station. I'm wa- maybe I'm just you're, watching you're too not many a, movies. You're not I a just, music critic. No, I can tell no, you no that. it's not that. It's maybe I'm just watching too many movies or something, but I, I don't see him. <laughs> all kinds of people in prison, bro. I know, but I don't see him surviving in prison, I guess is what I'm saying. But anyway, uh, all right. Coach, uh, the Browns. Biggest concern for you when you look at their roster, and I will throw this at you as well because maybe this will change your answer. Um, Amari Cooper remains in the concussion protocol, and Denzel Ward still has that shoulder injury that's kept him out the last few weeks, both officially listed as questionable for Sunday's game. Uh, I would say that the, the, the quintuplet is the three running backs, okay, when you got Ford, Hunt, and Strong. All of those guys are good backs, okay? Cooper, if he plays, and Garrett. And then the sixth guy, which is my biggest concern, is Njoku. Who has not practiced this week. Because Njoku is one of those tight ends that can do it all. He 
he has 300 yards run after catch. And that concerns me because we're not tackling. We didn't tackle well at all in this last ballgame. We have been pretty good. But when we're playing as much zone as we're playing, you better be able to tackle. And a guy that's a good run after catch guy concerns you, kind of like a Kelsey. So that kind of dovetails into my question because, first off, I don't think the Browns are anywhere close to the Bengals as far as skill guys. I just don't. Other than Cooper, that's why I'm yeah, saying. But Cooper's not going to yeah, play. Yeah. If he, well, I don't know. We don't know that. Right. Well, sure, all right. right. So, it, it, even if he does play, it's they don't have the type that the Bengals. The Bengals legitimately Absolutely. had three guys no that question. can literally do damage. Right. And the tight end wasn't bad either. But I don't damage. But I don't think he's in Go in Joku. Yeah. But, and uh, Joe Mixon. Yeah. And out of nowhere, Brown. Yeah. So the, the, they. They played really well. So the, so the question then becomes this to you, you being the former D.C. as well as a former head coach in the NFL, when, when your guys are playing up and down, okay, when the defense looks fantastic for much of the season and then, I mean, lays an egg, which is, let's, let's face it, they laid an egg in that game. So what do you do? What do you do when you feel like if you're a D.C., you being Mike Caldwell, and you, you feel good about your unit the entire year, then all of a sudden, boom. It looks like nothing's going right. What do you do? How do you respond to that? Well, first of all, it, it comes down to just getting those guys back focused. You know, I mean, that's got to be the number one thing. It's a shorter week. So the first thing you got to do is say, hey, let's flush this thing and let's go because uh, we've got to be more disciplined. So somewhere along the line, you guys weren't focused this week. Get focused because, uh, to me, the discipline Do players was, really, like, see, well, Joe Burrow's not playing, so it's not a good team? You know, well, I, I think it's natural reaction really? sometimes, you know, and, and the the really good ones, the ones that are ready for prime time, and I don't think we're ready for necessarily for prime time right now. That's fair. I still think we're a year away, uh, and I've said that right along since when, when we yeah. I first got mm-hmm. on, the, on the station some. You know that it, I look at it as a four-year process, and that's that's really the fourth year coming up next year. So you get another year of draft, you get another year, whatever. That's that's another uh, situation. Yep. But from a focus standpoint, you you got to find a way to get focused, and some of it is the leadership in the locker room. Somewhere along the line, a guy like uh, uh, Josh Allen has got to come out and say, "Hey, guys, you know, I think he kind of did it in that interview." We weren't, we weren't focused. We made too many mistakes. And so for me, I think going into this football game, number one, you got to simplify things because I guarantee you this right now. You know, I'm all for disguising and all that stuff, but the skies hurt us this weekend, and especially because of the crowd noise. They're not going to face that this week. But the crowd noise, when that affects the defense, you're doing too much of something because a defense should never be – Concerned, it should be hand signals. It should be, you know, all those things. So you be did there. buy what Doug oh, Peterson I bought, was I selling. Absolutely, you did. okay, absolutely. You watched them. There were times. There was one time that Fadakasi, when the ball was snapped, was running back to the to the his position, and when the ball was snapped, he was standing up, rushing the passer, and that meant that he was trying to find out what they were in, and he wasn't focused on getting back to where he needed to get. So that's a big part of it. I think that we will be better because the crowd noise will not affect us. But I would certainly make sure guys knew where they were supposed to be, you know, without worrying about the crowd. 
I'll, I'll guarantee you that. That's shouldn't they shouldn't they know where they're supposed to be, Dave? Yeah, but uh, you know when you're doing a lot of stuff and you're signaling in there and you know the uh, to me that's the problem. You're doing too much. You know if 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 guys don't know where they're supposed to be. Was, but I'm telling you, for, you know the screenplay is terrible. Yes, but that's uh, that's been the case in this terrible. yeah this town for. They need to coach better on that thing. And they've had different defense coordinators, different coaches, but it still remains. Yeah. So, but. Uh, one of them, uh, they hit uh, number 16. I can't remember his name. Is it Irwin or Irvin? Yeah, Trent Irwin. Irwin. Trent Irwin. Irwin. They hit him on a corner route. They were in cover two. And and uh, and and uh, Williams was sitting on the guy up front. He never got to the – he never got to the, the – back into the dead area in the corner. Those are things right, that How do you focus. coach that? How do you coach the focus. screen that, That's – the guy knows how to play corner. He knows how to play cover two. He didn't do it. So to me, that's what you have to come down on and say, hey, guys, we we didn't play well not because they kicked our tail. We kicked our own tail. So it's not just one guy has to break that the the, the, the triangle blocking. No. One guy has to go in the break. It's just everybody has to play what they're supposed to play. Where they're supposed to play. That's what Rayshon told me yesterday. He was like, I just think everybody picked this game to have their worst game of the season. Well, they did. And he was one of them. Yes. He missed two critical tackles. You can catch opinion. that interview. He did. The one that was like 40, <laughs> the one that became a 40-yard game. Yeah. And I love end. you, yeah, Rayshon. Let me tell you, I really do. You're a heck of a player. He if you're listening to that. me, don't get mad. But, uh, you know, that's you're right. You're right. You could catch that interview on our 1010XL YouTube channel. Also caught up with Evan Ingram, Andre Sisko from yesterday. All of those are up there as well. When we come back, we'll, we'll play a little bit of Jaguars. We'll, we'll stick with them a little bit. But I do want to ask Coach Campo, from a leadership standpoint, what he thinks of the situation in Gainesville. Yes, we are going there next. XL Primetime. <laughs> It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. One more segment to go with our head coach, Dave Campo, before we send you nooners off into the weekend. We have waited two hours and 37 minutes to address all of the rumblings, all of the transactions coming out of Gainesville. What better time to discuss it than with former NFL head coach, former college coach, Dave Campo. Matt, set the scene for us of what exactly, in your estimation, is going down in Gainesville. And then we will have Coach Campo respond. Uh, long story short, it's a meltdown. It's you've got players leaving, you've got young players leaving, you've got old players leaving, um, you've got star players leaving. That, I think, is the key to, uh, more than anything, Dave, is it's a wide variety of players. It's not just an unhappy guy because he's not playing. It's a guy who's your best defensive player off the edge. Um, he's led you in sacks. It's a guy who's your best offensive player in Trevor Etienne. Um, it's young guys who, who are the key to, to the foundation of the program. It's older guys who you got to keep some of those older third- and fourth-year guys you know, to have some kind of stability of, look, we're moving this thing forward together instead of the young guys. It's everyone, and I think that's – if I'm a Gator fan and I'm seeing this, it's bad enough that you're 7-14 in, in 21 games against Power 5 teams under Billy Napier. The fact that it looks like these guys are now buying, are not buying, no longer buying what he's selling, I think is a huge red flag. Well, first of all, I think the portal uh, makes it easier for dissension 
to occur. Yeah. Because there's ways to, you know, sometimes you think, well, if a guy goes into the portal, I'm going to be a little leery about taking him. Okay. Mm-hmm. But right. that's not the case now. If a guy has shown that he can do certain things and play, I'm going to let, if I'm the other guy pulling those guys, I'm going to let them show me that they're they're something other than what I see on tape or whatever. So it makes it a little easier. Uh, it, uh, it's a hard job being a head football coach. And when you lose, uh, in college especially, and when you lose, uh, it makes cowards of us all in a way. In other words, uh, it, it, there's dissension automatically with losing, okay? You hope you have enough of the what you're talking about, the older guys right. that, that have already bought in. Well, apparently in Florida, that's not the case. And unfortunately, uh, that's hard to turn around. You know, I, I have to give uh, Norvell credit at Florida State because he weathered the storm. I, I'm not sure that it was the same thing at Florida State. I don't think a lot of guys were just blowing out of there. So there's something with the coaching staff that they're not buying, like you said, Matt. You know, and and to me, uh, you know, this is his second year, right? Yeah. This is just this completed this, this, his second just year. Completed his, his second year. A long year. two years. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's four If years, it was it's me, been, it's been forty years in the desert, Dave. Yeah. If it was me in that situation, I would, I would uh, bull my neck and say, guys are leaving, let them go. Which is what he's doing. Yep, that's what I would do. And I would say, the guys I get in here, the next group that starts next year, I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. Very simple. I'm going to go down with the ship with that's the guys it. that I that, have. Yeah, because I don't think you can do anything else. I think it shows well, he's that there's a lack of too. trust. He's losing recruits that are committed to him, Yeah, too. yeah. And, and uh, you know, I see that in other places, too. Sure. I mean, uh, sure. you know, a guy just left uh, Oregon for Colorado with right. a five-star, whatever. You know, that doesn't concern me because recruits, they're looking at, okay, they're not winning. Okay, I'm going to the guys on my team are the ones I'm concerned with, and and I would certainly have a, a heart-to-heart meeting with those guys, with the coaching staff in there, you know. And and if they're starting to lose guys to the portal, I'd I'd have a I'd have a meeting of some sort right. and try to get back the trust of the football. Team. And reportedly, that is what Billy Napier did when Trevor Etienne told him his intentions to transfer. He tried to. Tried to band-aid it. He tried to right. change his mind. He tried everything he could. But then you see these tweets because Gator fans went after Trevor and Travis's mom last night on Twitter, and she responded and said, I don't know why you're so butthurt about losing RB2. That's and so the key right there. That's the biggest key. Matt and I were talking about it pre-show. That says that that is what that gentleman – That's been bothering them the entire year. Of course. Year. Yes. It's been bothering every Gator fan too. Yeah. Why does the kid not get touches? Yeah. And I think uh, you know the the way the the way the uh, nature of of uh, college football is today. Everybody's got an opinion, you know. And uh, these guys hear the noise, and if you got a bunch of ants, they don't listen to the noise. If you got some cockroaches, they listen to the noise. So you know that, that you know the cockroaches scatter, the ants keep marching, and and obviously they don't have enough ants over there. And uh, and I can 
and I sympathize with uh, uh, Trevor Etienne because he is probably the best guy, and for some reason there, there's a disconnect there somewhere so the, along the, the line. The last two guys were out by the Georgia game, after the Georgia game, both Mullen and McElwain. Yeah. I, I mean, if you had to put the number, the over at the, at the Georgia game next year, I think I'd take the under on that. Yeah. I think I would take the under. Yeah. Because it's a difficult schedule, um, and, and you're talking about you've, you've got an offensive line that is completely just a wreck right now. They don't know what they've got. Okay, you've got a defense that is just historically bad, even worse than the previous three years when it was historically bad. So, I mean, you're, you're counting on a lot of got young guys playing and a yacht, lot of young guys maturing quickly. And, and here's the big thing, and you're counting on that staff to nail the transfer portal, which they haven't done yet. You're counting on them to get not only multiple impact players from the transfer portal, but 10 to 12 to 13 impact players in the portal. And they have struggled in the portal in the last three, last two years. So that, there's a lot going against them right now. Well, I certainly would not be, want to be in his shoes because I, I think I don't know that the head coaches with all the money they're making are making enough to deal with, with the college situation today in comparison to what it used to be and, and back when I was rolling. That's why know? we're keeping you here. You're yeah. going to say 10 10 XL's head coach. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to. No, 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 no. But you're going to have to. You're going to have to re-recruit everybody in the studio. Yeah. Okay. Then recruit yeah. more guys outside the studio. Can you build uh, us a new studio? Well, I can, and then go to go to UNF and recruit some young guys. No, too. no, 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 no. We don't. We've got the crew here. That we have we need. the ants. Absolutely. We, we got ants in no this building. And we are no cockroaches are in this building. We are marching towards the weekend and saying hello to the Frangie Show. That is next. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Hello, Frangie Show, live at their annual toy drive at Alehouse. Lauren Brooks standing by with more on what they're doing out there on Beach and Hodges. Lauren. Yes, Mia. I Every year I'm amazed at how many toys we get, and then I tell myself the following year, relax, it can't be as big as it was the year before, right? Don't get your hopes up, and the community does a great job every year. We literally already have one of the high tops already full, and donation collections don't even start until four, technically. But, of course, we're allowing people to bring them. We're here, so bring them on. There's surfboards. There's a giant teddy bear. There's a skateboard. There's so many things already. I'm just so incredibly amazed, like I said, every year. And, and all the toys and unwrapped gifts go to benefit Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Northeast Florida. Awesome. All right, Lauren, you guys are obviously going to be talking Jags and Gators. What else you got going on? Why would we talk Gators, Matt? Why, why would we do something like that because, with all this holiday cheer surrounding us? Because you got two of the biggest us? Gator fans on the planet. That, on we, that just, we, we just mean, wore them out. We just wore <laughs> them out here. Yeah, y'all did your job. I don't think we have to talk about that. We're going to just talk about wonderful holiday blessings in this in the spirit of the season. Why would we on earth talk about No, of course, we will get it to a ton of Jaguars discussion, Gators as well. We've got a lot coming up here on the Fringe Show. And again, thanks to our friends at the Hastings Injury Law Firm for putting this on. And if you guys have a chance, stop by. We are at the Ale House at Beach and Hodges. So the Miller's, Miller's Ale House at Beach and Hodges. And I'm literally overwhelmed with gratitude already. We never got to our conversation regarding if your Christmas shopping has been complete yet on this oh, program. Absolutely so not. maybe you guys can pick up the baton where we left off, Lauren. Yes. That, I mean, if your Christmas shopping is done already, you are, I mean, maybe you shop all year long. I think I'm for close. most of us, absolutely not. I'm close. You're close, man? Yeah, I am. Wow. Amazon. Leon, amazing. by the way, hasn't started yet. 
Uh, yeah, the only reason I've started is I am seeing some family on Sunday, so I had to, I had to speed the process up. All right, Lauren. Well, best of luck with everybody out there at the Toys for Tots Drive. Again, that's the Alehouse, Beach, and Hodges. Have a great show. That's right. All right. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great weekend. There goes Lauren Brooks. And before we say goodbye. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Well, my takeaway is that uh, we need to go up there and and get after these guys in, in, in Cleveland. Uh, you know, I want Cleveland, to kick their ass. There you go. Yeah, bring the old, bring the old kick their butt. Yeah, my takeaway is what is from the beginning of the show. Fight. I want to see fight in that team. My takeaway is I think 16 is going to play, and also I don't think we're done with all the rumblings down in Gainesville, at least on this program. That is it for XL Primetime. We are out. We will see you back here on Monday. For Leon Searcy, for JJ LaSelva, for the absent Josie, for Coach Campo, and for Matt Hayes, I am Mia O'Brien. We leave you as we do each and every Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday with John Henderson, and we will catch you later. Come on, Joe. That ain't good enough. You got to set the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Woo!